Welcome everyone and thank you all for being here today. At this time, I present our Master of Ceremonies of this event to you. Welcome Melanie Ake. She's the founder of Everyday Leaders Professional Coaching and Consulting, a certified John Maxwell Team Leadership Coach, speaker and trainer. And as a certified Y Institute agent, she helps others discover their own why. Welcome Melanie Ake and now I'll turn it over to you. Thank you so much, Gigi, and welcome everyone to the Leadership Conference. We are so excited that you are joining us today. Today is Saturday, May the 15th, and what a better day to talk about leadership. Most of us through COVID have been trying to experience many ways to invest in our personal development, and this is a great day for you to lean in and also connect to some of these speakers. Now, today's event, we will be opening with Juju Christopher. She's going to be uh, performing for us with some beautiful music. Juju is known as uh, the CEO of Biz Tuition. She's a spiritual guide, music artist, host of Mystical Entrepreneur Podcast. She speaks on the topics of business, intuition, and self-realization, guiding entrepreneurs and those on a higher path. Her sole purpose is to demonstrate the power of divine love within each one of us. It's our birthright. So Juju, thank you so much for uh, having this music for us in this background. And then we will be opening with our next uh, keynote speaker today, Rosie Paulson. Rosie Paulson, she's been honored as one of the 50 most influential Hispanic business leaders in Florida. She's a native of Ecuador who came to the United States as a teenager. She's a public speaker and business trailblazer. Rosie owns Rosie Paulson Enterprises and S&R Services, a company that brokers Medicare coverage for all people all over Tampa Bay. She's received a leadership award from the Tampa Bay Hispanic Heritage and is an alumni of Smart Start POSCO, an inner city capital connection. Rosie currently serves as a commissioner of the Florida Commission of the Status of Women and City of Tampa Equal Business Opportunity Council. She lives in Tampa with her husband and children. At this time, we will open with Juju. Juju, you're muted. Your full potential we 
you learn to teach, we become, we become. You teach, I learn, I learn, you teach, we become. When you cut, I must bleed in your gaze. I also see. Till victory is done, entangled spirits and one sun to reach your full potential. We seek. You teach, I learn. You learn, I teach. We become. You teach, I learn. I learn, you teach. We become. There's no separation between you and me. Shackled by our illusion, we've always been free. We're connected by faith and grace, our highest good. We're now embraced to unlock what you possess. You are the key to consciousness. To to our keynote speaker, Rosie Polson. Buenos dias, good morning, that was beautiful. This is a beautiful Saturday morning and thank you for that amazing song. My name is Rosie Polson and I'm the owner of Rosie Polson Enterprises and SNR Services. I am a commissioner, a public speaker, a Medicare insurance broker, and in 2020, I became a published author of the book, Nieke, The Mindset to Get What You Want. My brand promise is knowledge, connection, success. There's two things I wanna leave you with today in this wonderful time that we got to spend together. Each of us have nyeke or grit within each of us. And the second one is your nyeke is only as stronger as your purpose or your why. Have you ever had that feeling that you landed in the wrong place, that you are an outsider and that everything around you, it just does not make sense. Many of us go through life thinking, 
this is the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. But then there's people, what Steve Jobs quotes, the ones, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world. Those are the ones that do. The people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are those ones who do. In my native country of Ecuador 35 years ago, there were girls sports and boys sports. Football, known as soccer here in the United States, was a boys sports. Have you ever felt there was something more in you that what people told you you can achieve or accomplish, that back that everybody tried to pull you? Have you ever felt you were good at something? Can you remember what that was? It was a, I was a great point guard as a basketball girl playing uh, girls sports, catching, dribbling, and passing the ball with my hands. Well, once I have done, since I joined my school team at 11 years old, I knew how to do that. My father started a coaching to coach a soccer team and immediately recruited me and my sister. Now, my sister was a great offensive player, but I was just a good basketball player and dominating the ball with my legs was really not my strong suit. My father, in his wisdom, made me a goalie. Now, a goalie's job is to stop the other team from scoring the goal. And to me, catching that ball was a no-brainer. I've been doing this since 11 years old. But see, what my father did was thrown upon 35 years ago because soccer was not a girl's sport. So since I was little, I always have to argue and uh, uh, work my way into being into the team. But since also a goalie such, was such a coveted position, I also have to hone those skills and prove myself over and over to my friends. Now, one day I was 10 years old and I was ready to go into the soccer field and argue my way into leadership this team into my soccer goalie position. But what I saw was beautiful. What I saw next changed my world forever. All of the boys were playing with this blonde-headed, green-eyed girl. I said, they're all playing with a niña, with a girl? For a moment, I felt rejected and a little confused. But that's when I, un I understood I was a die-hard optimistic. And I asked my friend Santiago why they were all playing with her with no regards, accepting her as one of her own and embracing her. And then Santiago said a key word. She's an American, he said. I immediately befriended her because I have to know what being an American was all about. I, once I did, she mentioned to me that she was a missionary from the United States and her family moved to, the, to our country to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that in America, girls can do anything 
they put their mind into. So I run back to my house and I told my mother, all right, I got all this taken care of. If I'm to play football or soccer with no regards and with no problems, I have to move to America and I have to meet this guy named Jesus. And then everything will work for me. Now that was at 10 years old. At 12, my parents with a lot of effort gave me my first trip to the United States. And I visited the uh, New York City and I remember learning the subway system within three days. And I also was able to learn a little bit of the English language. But I knew in my heart of hearts, I was an American born in the wrong place. So we stayed here for about a month and on my way back in the trip, I kept crying and I kept saying, America, you have not heard the last of Rosie. For the next five years, I had a goal and that goal was to come to live in the greatest country in the world. At 17, my sister and I moved here. And I'm telling you, it has not been easy. However, I was able to adapt culturally with also my language. And today, my family and I are grateful for the greatest opportunity we had to move into this country. My brother is an engineer. My sister works for a dentist's office, a pediatrician dentist's office. Both of my parents are uh, retired teachers. We, walk, we all are assets to society. And I am an entrepreneur. Since 2009, I have built not one, not two, but three thriving, successful, and profitable businesses. And now I teach others how to do the same. And that is because I have embraced what is called ñeque, which is a Quichua word that means grit and resilience. It's that inner strength that we all have because our purpose and our why is so strong. It's that strength that will get you going every single day and do it again. It's a discipline of your mind, that understanding that you need to put yourself first and that a long-term commitment takes one step in front of the other. And there's going to be some days that you are not going to feel like doing what you're supposed to do, but your discipline and your ñeque will get you to do it again because the vision is clear, what you want to accomplish. I changed people's lives by giving them an unbiased solution to their Medicare needs because that's my passion. I want to say, see people's lives impacted. So there's some, some, gonna be some days that I don't feel like getting out of the house. However, I know somebody needs my help and that inner strength makes me get ready, get my keys and get out the door. So my friends, you just have to embrace your purpose. Have you, find, have you know what your purpose is? Clarity gives you power. If you do not know what your purpose is, many of these ladies today will teach you that. And as a leader, you need to start with that because as a leader, your job is to inspire others to be the best that they can be. Your job is not to micromanage or to tell them what to do. It's just to be an inspirer.
But in order to be an inspirer, you have to know what your purpose is and your purpose has to be very strong. So when you find your purpose, you persist with your neck, you will persevere in whatever your goal is and you will pivot into what your next step is. Now, pivot is a very common word after um, the pandemic. But when I wrote my book, that word was not as successful as knowledge as known as it is today. So my friends, today I encourage you to find your nieke. If you're stuck doing something that you're not liking to do, I encourage you to pivot into a thriving, successful, and profitable life. Stay pure, stay positive, and stay inspired. This is Rosie Paulson from Tampa, Florida. Ciao. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you, Rosie. What an inspiration today. We're going to be hearing from so many speakers about leadership and why finding your purpose. Very exciting. If you're just joining us today, grab your journals because this is going to be an amazing day of leadership training. Um, I wanted to take this time real quick to introduce our host for today, Gigi Sabat. She is an amazing leader. We have had so many of these conferences speaking into causes that are really um, part of our souls and help us. Gigi is a motivational keynote speaker, two times best-selling author, life coach, and first-generation Haitian American. She also has a host uh, is the host of Walk With Me podcast, and her first book was called Walk With Me. She's JRQ TV uh, and founder of Life Service Center of America LLC and is hosting us today. So thank you so much, Gigi, for the opportunity to be here together to really lean into our own leadership. Now let's go to our speaker, Amber Lyons. Amber, you're joining us next here and we appreciate you so much. You're the CEO and founder from Pain to Purpose Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that provides domestic violence and teen dating violence awareness advocacy services within the community. From Pain to Purpose was originally birthed with the vision to aid and support domestic violence victims and children suffering in silence. It's become so much more. Your work now is community-based with resources working in organizations, churches, businesses, governmental agencies, and schools to equip, empower, and encourage the community at large to pertain to critical community issues. You provide transformational speaking, workshops, seminars, Q&A panel discussions, mentorship, and various other services through partnerships and projects. Your topic today is passionately pursuing purpose amidst the pandemic. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Gigi. Um, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, good morning, Gigi. Um, to all of the panelists, speakers today, to our host, Melanie, um, to our moderator, Melanie, um, and um, Lakeisha James that works along with that powerful uh, team working with um, Gigi. Um, it's my honor to be here today. And um, my topic today is passionately pursuing purpose amidst pandemic. Um, if I can possibly get um, the uh, share rights, I'd yes, like to Okay.
Okay. So today I'm going to be talking about, as I said, I'm Amber Lyons. Um, Melanie has already given you my bio. I don't need to go over that again, but uh, I, for the purpose of introducing myself, I am Amber Lyons, the CEO and founder of From Pain to Purpose Incorporated. I am um, a proud member of the World Women's Conference and Award um, Global Organization under the leadership of our founder, Regina Sinekis. Um, I serve as the global leader of the Young Leaders Club. And um, I um, also serve in, uh, under the uh, leadership of our Atlanta chapter, Lakeisha James. I serve as the, youth, uh, the domestic violence and youth advocate for the Atlanta chapter. So amidst all of the other things that Melody spoke about, um, it's just my honor to be here today to share some information in regards to passionately pursuing purpose amidst pandemic. So we want to just share with you today, um, I'm gonna skip all of that, pandemic. First of all, we wanna know what pandemic is. We all know that we've just lived through one year of a pandemic, but a pandemic is an outbreak. It's um, an outbreak of um, that occurs over a wide geographic area, such as multiple countries or continents, and typically affects a significant proportion of the population. It's a pandemic, an outbreak of a disease, a global pandemic. Now, the last pandemic that we faced most of us did not face because we weren't alive, but the last pandemic was in 1918. It was the influenza pandemic. It was the most severe pandemic in that recent history, and it was caused by the H1N1 virus um, with genes of an avian um, origin. Although there is not universal consensus regarding where the virus originated, it spread worldwide during 1918 and 1999, 1919. So the results of the COVID-19, the recent pandemic that we're living in right now, we all know that COVID-19 has come and has hit us like a ton of bricks. It has taken over the world. It has changed our lives. And as leaders, it has affected us just like it's affected everyone else. The, math, the vast majority of Americans 89% of them mentioned that at least one negative character, one negative um, change has taken place in their lives because of COVID-19. There was 73% majority um, mentioned that has a smaller share of 73% majority mentioned at least one unexpected upside. But most have experienced negative impacts and silver linings simultaneously. So we were going through the negatives and the it's maybe a glimpse of a positive here or there simultaneously. So you were being hit like you know from both sides all during this time of this pandemic. Then you have 67% of Americans that um, had a, exactly a negative and at least one positive change since the pandemic. And that's according to Pew Research. Now, the thing about the pandemic is that it seems like it was more negative than it was positive. Personal relationships have 41% negative. How they were um, able to spend their free time, these are the actual results of people's feedback. 32% was negative. The physical and the mental and the health, mindsets, people, mental health, mental anguish, depression, uh, uh, domestic violence, all of these things were at a rise. It was like a perfect storm because of isolation and people being closed off from one another. So that's 28% negative, okay? We have 
over 14% positive. You can see the negatives outweigh the positives. And then we have um, society and politics and the things that we were going through in society and safety precautions, 26% negative. Their jobs and, and people losing incomes and businesses having to close. And you have to still continue to be a positive leader in the midst of all of this negative. Stuff. That's 23% negative, over 18% positive. Over 13% positive, excuse me. The persons, people's financial situations, you know, uh, uh, so many people who own their own businesses, they had to close. There was so much that was impacting us negatively with a glimpse maybe of positive here or there. So how do you passionately pursue purpose amidst the pandemic, amidst all this negative stuff, with all of these negative things going on, including yourself as a leader, as one who is actually leading others as in the home, in the business, in the church, in the ministry, in all of these different, different um, aspects of life. How do you positively and passionately continue to pursue purpose? Well, we have to go back to basics. Sometimes we're looking for the great, the grandeur, the major, the new find. It's sometimes you just got to take it back to the basics and sprinkle a little bit of new innovative ideas and techniques, love and fun to create your own new normal. Gigi's new normal is not going to be Amber's new normal. Lakeisha's new normal is not going to be Melanie's new normal. You have to create that for yourself. I want you to say today, put it in the chat. My world has changed and I accept it. Everybody put it in the chat all over Facebook. My world has changed and I accept it. You have to be able to accept that your world has changed. So how do we go back to basics? Remember your what, your where, your when, your why, and your how. We must remember. Remember what you were called. What you were called, assigned, anointed, and appointed to do. Remember where pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic, most of us were just local in our communities or maybe nationally, but now you're in a virtual world. You are a global, your reach, your impact, your influence, your territory has been enlarged greatly. How many of us prayed that prayer of Jabez? Lord, will thou not increase and enlarge my territory and let no harm come upon me? Well, First Chronicles 4.10 is here. You have in that space, in that time, your where has increased. It's been enlarged. You win. When do you receive? When did you receive your calling? Remember back. When did I get this assignment? When did I decide that this was the time for me to step out and empower others and lead others? I have to remember it might not have been a good time. As you go and as you grow, you and your world will continue to change, evolve. It will continue to be reshaped and challenged, COVID-19 challenges. But take a moment and think and look back to your win. Don't forget your win. Don't forget your calling. Remember back to the basics, your why. Why were you charged? Why were you, Gigi, why were you charged to have all of these podcasts, Walk With Me podcasts? Why were you charged, Gigi, to talk about the resilient mindset? And why were you charged to have all of these panels talking about uh, infertility and domestic violence and breast cancer? Why? Think back to your why. God gave you this assignment. The assignment is specific to you. We have a bunch of people doing the same thing, but no 
no one has your anointing. No one has your passion. No one has your power because it belongs to you. And I just come to recharge you today. I come to have you remember back why we are passionately pursuing purpose amid pandemic. It may be your education, your past pain, your trauma, but most of all, your passion, your emotion, your intense driving and or overmastering feeling of conviction, what it is that you're sharing with people. You're talking about youth and empowering them. That's what I love. My passion is to talk about domestic violence victims, to empower, to empower them, to educate them past their pain, to be able to help people transition from a place of pain to purpose so that they can know that they can live in their purpose. You were called to lead and empower others. This is not about you. You were on assignment. Remember your how. How will you continue to passionately pursue amidst pandemic? Because it can be done. We're doing it. You got to have your faith. Always believe. A higher source, your faith in God, whatever your belief system is, you must believe that something greater than you can bring you through. We've been a year into the um, COVID-19 pandemic, but guess what? We're still here. We believed in faith over fear. We believed that we were going to make it. Some didn't make it, but we're still here and you're here for a purpose. Family, you must have love. Family exhibits love. You must be re reconnect with your family. That will help you continue to have your passion. That will help you continue to pursue your purpose. Family, freedom, refill as you pour out. As leaders, we're pouring out. We're on this virtual event. We're on that meeting. We're on this call. But you got to remember to pour back in. You cannot pour from an empty vessel. So remember to refill yourself. Remember to pull aside for your time of, of, of where you can actually be free from these things that, that be, try to hold us down and try to keep us in bondage of the thinking of, well, well, it used to be like this. And, you know, we used to be, no, we have to remember that we are on assignment and that we're about pursuing purpose. So refill as you pour out will help you to stay free. Fun. Listen, lastly, I want you to have some fun. Don't be so busy always building your empire and empowering others that you let life pass you by. If we learn nothing else from COVID-19, we should have learned that we must take care of ourselves. Pull aside, take some time to rest. We haven't been traveling, but the world is opening back up with the vaccine now. So you can begin to travel, maybe and have a vacation, which we all have been longing for. Be enjoy life, act silly, have fun, get together with your friends because we're so busy building and pursuing it. You must remember to have fun. So remember these keys, faith, family, freedom, and fun. And remember your where, your when, your why, and your how. And that will help you to continue to passionately pursue purpose amidst the pandemic. Thank you. Thank you, Amber. Amen. <laughs> Can yeah. I get an amen? <laughs> Girl, I love you. <laughs> you are powerful. I love talking about the why. That's my topic in a few minutes here. Um, this is so important, right? If we don't know our why, we don't know how to bring that to life. And it is so valuable for us as leaders to help other people find that. Amber, thank you so much for all you do. And thank you for joining us today and pouring in that power of positivity through this pandemic. I think we can all make it out with your guidance. Thank you. 
Our next speaker today is Veronica Sofer. Veronica is an award-winning visibility strategist. With more than 20 years of experience in public relations, she works with entrepreneurs and business owners who are ready to scale their brand and strong visibility strategy to garner, um, to garner national media placement. Veronica knows that strategic media placement legitimizes you and your brand as an expert in your area. So today, Veronica, you're going to talk to us about visibility strategy, what it is, why you need one, and how to get one. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to Amber. I, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Amber did a phenomenal job. She got the room fired up for a day of learning. We're here to talk about leadership. We're here to talk about our why and how we are living in it individually and then how we can share it with others. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about visibility strategy and uh, like you said, what it is, why you need it and how to get one. And so <clears throat> for those of you who are in the um, either book author space or consulting space, or maybe you're in the um, uh, in the service and product space, there's still a strategy for all of you. And if you are living in your why, just like we had the first two uh, speakers talk to us about, if you are living in your why, the only thing left for you to do is share it. And so how you share it is really about your visibility strategy. And so that's where I want to be able to come in and um, be able to give you some strategies that will help grow your message so that others can consume it and they can grow and they can live in their purpose. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We are here to support one another to grow and to share our knowledge. So I'm going to give you just a real quick rundown of the three pillars that make up, <clears throat> excuse me, a visibility strategy. And those are advertising, marketing, and public relations. So, so those of you who have been business owners before, you may have had uh, worked with someone in this space, maybe an advertising agency or an account executive. For those of you in the corporate space, or maybe even in our faith-based space, there is still branding that has to be done for your church, for your nonprofit, for all the organizations that you are supporting. And so we're going to talk about how to break those three pieces down really simply so that you are ensuring how to get the most of your visibility strategy. Um, and so let's talk about advertising. Advertising is very simply paid for. So you uh, share what it is, the message that you've decided you wanted to focus on. You share it with a group of people that you've predetermined are going to be your target audience. You know their demographics, you know um, their race, their gender, how much they spend, their education level, where they go to church, where they buy their groceries, how they celebrate with family. You know all of these components. You have created your ideal, in the online space, we call it um, ideal avatar. In the traditional space, we talk about your ideal client and your consumer. And then you pay someone to get to reach them, to have your message placed in front of them. So that's advertising. That's pretty traditional. Most of us are used to working in that space. And then we talk a little bit about marketing and how marketing works. And that's when you partner with someone. So say you're a nonprofit organization. I know a lot of our speakers today are in the nonprofit space and they do phenomenal partnerships with either other faith-based organizations or even corporations uh, who are aligned in purpose, you are sharing as, a, as in your marketing component, you are sharing the why behind that and you are positioning yourself as a good steward, whether uh, because of a financial support or whether because of volunteerism of your staff or your team, 
your philanthropic in nature, and that is marketing. So marketing really focuses on partnerships and it focuses on sharing your message through partnerships, okay, through collaborations, and it's not a direct ask for. So in advertising, there's a call to action, which is purchase this, donate here, sponsor now. Those are your call to actions with the advertising Marketing is just a little bit different and a little more subtle, but at the end of the day, you're still positioning yourself as an expert and, and you're sharing your why, because ultimately that's going to be uh, the, rain, the main force behind it. So now let's talk about public relations and that's my jam. That is really where God has placed me. I just um, had a TV crew out in Florida feature the Hope Center, which is a phenomenal nonprofit and church that is doing fantastic work with people who um, are in recovery from COVID-19, whether financially they need food, they're having scarcity issues. And I was able to get a TV camera out there to feature them for the six o'clock news and interview some of the folks who can uh, bring in resources and share their why and share how people can help. So that's public relations. That's what I feel incredibly passionate about. That's what I've done for the last 20 years. And you too can tap into public relations. And so I'm gonna spend the bulk of my time here. I only have about five or six more minutes, but I'm gonna spend the bulk of my time talking about how to get news stations, both traditional and non-traditional media to come and cover your events. Again, they don't have to be nonprofit. They don't have to be specific to a cause, but it helps. And you can also share unique things about your story, unique things about what it is you're doing. Um, if it's a one of a kind, if it's fairly unusual, if it's something maybe um, hasn't happened in a long time. And if there's a service tie, as long as you can share with the reporter or the assignment editor, why your story is unique, then you're going to have an end. And that's, that's the, that's the hard part. You have to put your creative hat on. You have to think about if I'm, if I'm listening to the news, if I'm in the radio and I'm listening to the news or I'm watching it on television, what do I want to see? What do I want to celebrate? What's going to pull at my heartstrings? What's going to have people come into our doors and support the programs that we're working on? And when you can answer those questions, then you can very succinctly put together a pitch. So when you have decided what your message is, whether you're having an event, a launch, or you're soliciting donations for a program, um, maybe you're working on a missionary trip and, and you want to, in a mission trip, and you want to be able to bring your missionaries in and um, have them come in and talk, you are going to want to make sure they have talking points and you've got someone on camera who is passionate about it. Um, again, someone like Amber would be a great person to interview. People love that kind of energy. You're going to want to make sure that they've got their talking points and that they know the last thing they need to say is join us, come help us, support our cause, donate here, come learn more. Those are called your call to actions. And those are going to be essential because we want to be able to capitalize on the very uh, small time that we've gotten in front of, of the news media. And then you're going to also want to follow up because they're going to ask you, they're going to ask you how people can get in touch with you. So you're going to want to make sure all your links are working. You'd, you'd be surprised how many times I have been interested in something that was featured on the news. And then I go to look it up and the website's not working or the link is broken. That's really, really frustrating for someone who feels called to go to, to move forward and put their energy into support. So you want to make sure when you are pitching to media, that everything is there, everything is in place, and you are ready to, to have people take action. And then the other thing I want to talk about real, uh, real quickly, too, is after that, 
has aired, whether it's on television or maybe it's on radio, or maybe there was a newspaper article, make sure you're celebrating those recognitions. Make sure you're celebrating that. To, you know, take a picture of it, take a screenshot, post it on social media, blast it to your news, your um, listserv, everyone in, in your um, email list. And you want to say thank you for NBC5 for coming out and featuring this great grand opening. You too can help this way. And you outline it. You're going to get leverage every time you share it. And then the other thing I'll tell you is don't overlook non-traditional media. This is a prime example of non-traditional media. We are all participating in the leadership conference. Three or four years ago, this was not the norm. This is not how we engaged and we worked on, on in getting our consuming our information. Podcasts have only been around, you know, a dozen years years or so. Before then, it, there people didn't see the value, but now there's value. And podcasts are a great way to increase your visibility strategy because not only do you get an opportunity to share your message. But the people listening are already halfway there. They have decided that the reason why they're going to listen to this podcast is because they trust the host. It's like going to someone's dinner party. You walk into a dinner party, you only know the host, but you're not afraid necessarily to meet everyone else because you figure, well, if the host invited them, then they've got to be okay. So I'll just casually sit down and talk to someone. You, you're more open to that relationship when that happens. So I just encourage you to absolutely take advantage of, op uh, of those opportunities that come your way to be interviewed in non-traditional media. It doesn't have to be the five o'clock news. It can be a local podcast. It can be your community newspaper. So make sure you're sharing your message with everyone. Advertising, marketing, public relations, they go hand in hand. They're ultimately going to help you um, grow your visibility strategy. And if you are standing in purpose, if you are living the life you are supposed to live, and if you are taking the actions you are supposed to take, all you have to do is share it. And so I encourage each of you to look at the projects that you're working on, make sure that you have a strategy, you've got people that can represent you who are passionate, who are clear on the message and share, share, share. Yes, absolutely. In the comments, you share, share, share. Social media is a great way to do it but your newspapers are fantastic, your local HOA newsletters that come out, your local school PTA letters are a fantastic way. Don't think inside the box. It doesn't just have to be about traditional media. So I encourage everyone to do that. If Again, if there's any way I can help, please reach out. I'm passionate about supporting nonprofits and I wish everyone the best of luck as they share their message. Thank you, Veronica. Veronica, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody that's taking notes today, right? Do one new thing to create a visibility strategy. I love that. Think outside of the box. Uh, my why is challenge and I'm always challenging people. Do something different that's never been created before. Look different and then create your brand, right? What a great message. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. And now off to our next speaker, Joy Brown. I am so excited that you are oh here today. God. What a, an honor to introduce you. You are a razor sharp prophetess, a fourth child of a pre-K preacher kid, right? Um, a native of Los Angeles and a single parent that has escaped many adversities in raising your only son from gangs and drug activities. Your teaching methodology causes transformation to challenge the listener to rise in achieving their full goals. Prophetess Joy is the author of Stop Cheating Yourself, Seven Steps 
to a full life. Number one Amazon best-selling book, Joy is an award-winning Toastmaster, where she serves as the Vice President of Public Relations for the President's Distinguished Laderna Heights Toastmasters Club. She's the keynote motivational speaker and a member of the Les Brown Unlimited team. Now let's hear about the power of joy in leadership. Thank you so much for that awesome introduction. It's been a privilege and honor just to have known Gigi, first of all, and for inviting me here. I'm so excited. And yes, these awesome speakers that have gone before me have really laid a great foundation for what we're looking forward today as the leadership conference. I am a woman that has not just a goal, but there's a calling on my life, just like it is on yours. Then the topic I chose, I'm gonna ask you a question first and with a show of hands, just raise your hand. How many of you really like being in power? <laughs> you like having the power to say and to do things, to orchestrate your business. I am a person that grew up, as you said, as a PK. My dad and my mom raised six kids. I'm the fourth. I, I honestly believe I got lost in the shuffle <laughs> because the first children that come forth, the excitement is of there. Sometimes is the, the money might be there. They have pictures to show who they are, personalities. Guess what? I didn't have that. And I asked my mom, what happened to my pictures? <laughs> but coming from a very powerful family and a legendary of pastors, your life is almost divided. You have uh, what we call the circular and you have the spiritual side and you have to find balance in whatever you do. Let's deal with the word power because that's what we want to do. Anyone that's in leadership has already assumed a responsibility of power. Now, how you use that power makes a difference in your leadership and who follows you. I have a way of saying I'm not a person that will cuss you out. Now, there's a difference between cussing and cursing. <laughs> I agree, I use the method of cursing, but I don't cuss nobody out. When I say I don't cuss you out because in the past, I used to use words and select very words that I knew that either could cut you or take you to the place where I wanted you to understand. And the word of God, it says life and death is in the power of the tongue. So what you say and do as a leader could either take you to your destination with people following you and loving to follow you, or they could be following you and not enjoying the ride. So the power and the joy in leadership has to do with what is the type of leader, what is your leadership style that you know how people will follow you. 
I worked for a company maybe about four years ago. Very well-known com company in Los Angeles, Black-owned business. And I came on as a protege just to basically help out. I know the leadership style I have. I know I enjoy people, but I also know that each style, you have to know the people that you're trying to lead to a destination. It's not, it's not about you. It's about how can I get the people that are following me to get to their destination. So you can't be selfish when you're in leadership. So I was working for this television production company and we had what we call an investment, an IPO. If anybody knows what an IPO is, initial public offering. It allows a company to gain access and capital through others, investors, and you have to present your company. It is all public. I became very conscious about what I was doing and what I needed to do to get the revenue for the company that we have. And actually in doing this, we became a million dollar company. I'm saying this because I took on some responsibility of uh, gathering and researching what is an IPO? Who am I targeting to get the money? What am I looking for to receive? And how can the people that I am targeting, how can they benefit from what I'm doing? But again, I believe, and we all know that the, the word of God teaches us about being a servant first in leadership. So I became a servant to this company. I do realize, and you should realize, whenever you're in progressing and pursuing leadership, there's certain criteria that you have to maintain or have in your own lifestyle in order for people not just want to follow you, but like the way that you are leading them. In the midst of this, I became the executive vice president. Now, what we do and don't realize, sometimes the qualities that we have, we are walking in that quality, but you may not have the title because some people have the title, but they do not have the quality that matches up with the title. So what I did, I said, wow, executive vice president, I said, let me see what this is. So I went and I researched it to find out what are the responsibilities and what is expected of me in holding this title. Now, quote unquote, the title does not make you. You make the title. This company became very well known all over the world and receiving exactly what we had set out to do. If you Google the company, I'm not going to tell you who the company is because that's not really important, but I'm talking about leadership. But one thing I did realize, and I know my skills, I know when it comes to leadership, I bring joy. In order to have a happy team, you have to create an environment that they want to work with you in achieving the goals. You have to learn how to have leadership skills in order to narrow who you are and give the accolades to the people of the positions that you're trying to achieve your goals. Because if you achieve your goals, they will, they will get on board with you. It's something about when you come into your office or you come into your business and you have the attitude 
of joy and of winning, that thing is contagious. How many times have we been involved with the company or even your own company and your team, and I'm not gonna say employees because we're not looking at work. We're talking about building leaders. Well, this, this is a leadership conference. So we're not looking at going on an everyday job to do something. You can be contracted, but when you come to someplace and you're helping to bring it to pass, one thing you need to have is the power of joy. Please do not underestimate what joy brings into being a financially stable company. Because if you walk in the door and you are the CEO and you're not exhibiting the joy that you have of working with people, they will feel it. So after working with this company for several, for a couple of years, I resumed my position because what I wanted to accomplish in this company, we did it and we did it together. But guess what? You have to realize when you're working with people or even your own company, when you begin to exit that position and you see the progress of your company coming through, I am literally still on the payroll with the company as a consultant now because of the attitude and what I brought to the company. And that's what you have to understand. You're networking with people, whoever it is, even in your own business, in order to get them to work with you, you need to have an attitude of joy. An attitude of joy in leading in a conference, just like we have here, it means that this person who has put this conference together has had an attitude that brought others to make them want to work with you. Nobody wins by themselves. <laughs> it's, it's just not going to happen. And if you are, then just like uh, Robert Kiyosaki says, you're not working as uh, a business entrepreneur, you're working a job because that means you're going to lose people that are coming on board with you. So you have to understand in leadership, whoever you are, make sure that you're bringing on board with your people that you understand their leadership skills, first of all, because there's several leadership styles. Know the style of each person that you're bringing on your team so you, they can be productive and bringing on success for the whole hall of the conference or whatever you're putting on. I have had the privilege of working in ministry all my life because of my parents. So I've seen, and I had a great example. I have my own company, Join the House Ministry. And what I do know, I know when I get with somebody, whatever you asking me to do, I'm not gonna try to do someone else's position or whatever that you ask for me to do. I'm gonna do what you ask me to do. Most people say, stay in your lane, but I don't actually mean it staying in your lane, but know your goals, know the vision of the company, know the things that you are have your strength in and know that you do have weaknesses but also know who you are, know your leadership skills, 
And I promise you, you will be successful in everything you do. You may have the plan, but God has a successful destiny for you and he will not fail you. As he said, I never leave you, nor would I forsake you. Listen, I want you to do something today. I want you to go online or you can Google me or you can chat me and, and say, Joy, what is my leadership uh, style? I have an assessment and in about maybe uh, in December, I'm gonna have a goal to have a, a seminar and it's gonna be talking about what is my leadership style so you can know what is your, your strongs and your weaknesses and leading people to their destination. Listen, the power of joy in a leadership, remember that you have the power, but in order to lead people to where they need to go, you need to present a right attitude and the joy of serving people. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you have you. a good day. Thank you, Joy. All right, everyone, get your joy out. That was really great. Thank you so much for sharing in your journey and congratulations to everything that you're doing. Uh, amazing woman of leadership. Our next panelist here for the last part of the first hour, uh, Manira Zahabi, a great friend of mine. I am so excited that you're joining us today to teach. You are referred to as the niche navigator. You're an author, speaker, influencer, and entrepreneur from Chicagoland. Uh, through your business, you've influenced many people to navigate their niche. You firmly believe that people have a niche but are afraid to explore the deep, dark waters within themselves to take this voyage through the raging waters to find it. Your mission, Manera, is to integrate the concept of nicheology, businessology, and confidenceology. And now you're going to share the Eve principle. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Melanie, for such a wonderful introduction. Thank you, Gigi, for putting this wonderful conference together. And thank you, everybody, all my peers that went before me. I am so pumped up. You know, I love the fact that everybody's talking about their purpose, and that's just my segue to it. But I'm going to take you down to memory lane. I'm going to take you to a story. Think about a little girl in 1950s when she was the 20th child of 22 children to her parents. She was laying in bed, scarlet fever taking over her body. She was a premature baby and was told that she would never walk again without braces because she had polio several times. And she sat there in bed while her siblings massaged her legs. On her hand was an old newspaper article of people who were running, who were running for, you know, in school, who were sprinters, who were just flying. Now this girl could not walk. And if she did walk, she would have to have braces. But there was something inside of her that told her she's going to run. Guess what? At the age of 12, against medical advice, she got rid of her polio braces. Now, I don't know if you've seen polio braces, but they are very hard to maneuver if you've got them. I had a friend when I was growing up. So I thought of my friend Grace when 
I, I saw this story and I thought, wow, this girl had the strength. But this was in the 1950s. Her sister, her older sister was in high school and she was a sprinter. And her father told her that she was going to be sprinting with her sister. She told, he, they told the coach that, you know what, it's a two for deal. You get one, you get two. It, you know, it's a, a two for deal. And she ran in 19... 56 at the Olympics in Melbourne. This girl, Wilma Arnold, she won a bronze medal. Imagine, she had this idea, she conceived. That's my first principle of the Eve, Eve, Eve uh, principle. That's, she conceived the idea and she wanted to do this. How many of us are sitting on this idea that we've got in ourselves, but have not taken the first, second step because we've closed this idea and put ourselves in that little box and thought, I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. And you know, most of the time, it's not the others that help us get out of this idea. It's ourselves because we talk ourselves out of it. This little girl was Wilma Arnold. She won in 1960 in the Rome Olympics, three gold medals. She was, she was so swift. They named her, among other things, the Black Gazelle, a fluid runner that just broke all, all kinds of barriers. Now, one thing that she had in her hand was a piece of newspaper that she was leafing through that she wanted to run. She didn't think she was gonna go to the Olympics, but she made it there. Now, how many of us are sitting into in this conference room in this world who are sitting with this idea that we've conceived that we think is a good idea, but we haven't even taken the second step. Because the second step of the Eve principle is because we don't believe in our idea and we don't believe in us. This girl didn't have anything else. She was laying in bed and she believed that she could fly that song in our head, I believe I can fly, right? Your belief. How many of us have seen God? We believe in him. Why? Because our belief, our faith is so strong that we know there's a superpower out there. Doesn't matter which religion you follow, but there's a superpower in every religion that's out there that everybody believes in him. And nobody not, not one person from any denomination has seen God in his finest thing, but he sends us angels along the way. People like Gigi who's brought us all together in a funny form of a human and said, let's all bring these women together so they can tell their story. So here it is, you've got this idea, believe in it, let it sprout, put it in the ground, let it grow the roots and the shoots. To me, ideas are, you know, a human mind conceives about 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day. This is research made by the Brain Institute. And they said that these thoughts can become ideas. Now, if you sit down and really think about this, do we really have that many? But we do, they've, they've counted it, I haven't. But here's the thing, that one idea, is, these thoughts to me are like sperm. 
Now, this is a very bad analogy, but I'm going to tell it anyways, because it's only one sperm that fertilizes that egg that makes this unique person come into this life, right? So think of it that way. That one idea could make you or break you. We all remember from our previous speakers who've talked about uh, goals and purposes and why. But what's that idea that's sitting there under everything, under those blankets of um, that you've covered up under? We need to get this idea going. How many, how many of you are sitting on a computer, on a on a phone, using audiovisual equipment, using a table, using a chair, using whatever equipment that you have? If you sit down to think about it, that was one person's idea. And now you all are using it. What if you had this one idea? I'm not talking to you becoming a coach. I'm not talking to you about just, you know, creating something. You have an idea. I need you to believe in that self. The third principle is to then achieve. Because once you believe in it, you believe in it so much, so strongly that you're going to take it to the next step. You're going to find people. And I tell you, I kid you not, when I was looking for my niche and I was the niche navigator looking for my niche, I didn't know what I was doing. So it was people like Melanie Ake and people like Diane Kane and you know all these people in the John Maxwell team who came forth from the woodwork. I had never met them before, but they helped me define and refine my skills because what you have to do is look within you. You achieve because you have the skills. Most people go outward and look into the world and say, what is it that I need to get? No, don't look outward. Look for the things that you have already accumulated. All the skills. Steve Harvey in one of his pep talks to me because you know YouTube is a university and he talks to me. So I go to his university and I learn from there and he says to us, you were born with it. It's like Maybelline, you were born with it. So make sure that you look inwards, don't look outwards because your life, your skills, everything that you are is special to you. And you have to achieve what you are believing in. And if you look at it as a pyramid and you sit there on the top because now you are going to receive it you climb up to the top and you receive what you're supposed to get, it doesn't mean that you're going to be rich. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for a legacy that I'm going to leave behind because people are going to remember me, how they're going to remember me, how my family is going to remember me, or how I can help the next person understand what their purpose are. How many people do you know are not even sure about what they want to do next? You know, the pandemic has taught us that nothing is etched in stone. Lives have changed. People, I just made a trip to Iraq and my heart went out to the people, to, to the people in Iraq because those people are so happy with what little they have. Some people don't even have a house to live in. But they live on the streets and they're happy. But they are the people who give. They don't receive. They take. They don't take, but they give back. 
So I'm asking you to take that idea that you have in your head and take it and sprout it. Make sure that you nurture it and make sure that this thing grows into something that you want to be make it become. Because if you don't believe in it and you don't give it a chance, you're never going to receive it. And then we wonder, why isn't anything happening in my life? Well, because one, you don't didn't let it conceive and two, you didn't believe in it. Those two principles are the foundation to anything that you do. And then once it starts growing, you're going to receive and then achieve the success that you're looking for. My friends, if you ever think that you're not good enough, let me leave you with one thing. Every time you think you're not good enough, just turn, I live in Chicagoland, so I know this is not a good uh, thing, but I'm gonna tell you to do this anyway, because I do it once a week, stand under a cold shower. 10 minutes later, you're going to be perfectly fine after that cold water hits your back and you shriek a little. It's okay. It's not going to hurt you. But this is going to, what's going to happen is 10 minutes later, you're going to be okay with the cold shower running through your body. And what happens, it's a good reminder for you to understand that nothing uncomfortable stays uncomfortable and you get used to it. Just stand under the cold shower. It's all, everybody has a shower here. Go stand under one because I know you have the potential to figure this out. Thank you. Thank you, Manera. Thank you so much, Manera. Very encouraging of the Eve principle. We appreciate you so much and all the things that you teach comes from your core values. Thank you. Uh, we'd like to transition. We're here at the first kind of break in our agenda, and Juju has agreed to play a little music for us over the next minute. So if you'd like to take a break, uh, grab a glass of water. We'll be right back with the second part of our program.
Thank you so much, Juju. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So here we go. This is really our second segment of four that we're having today. And I am so honored because um, Gigi has asked me to talk about my start with why. I do this presentation a lot for groups and organizations, and I'm excited to share with you today because Every single person has talked about our why. And so I'm going to share my screen and just talk to you a little bit about the power of when we start with why, how that can change everything in our life. So I'm going to share my screen here. Perfect. All right. So I am so excited to be with everybody today. I think um, it is so important that we start with our own why. Like many people have said, when you find it, how do you share it? How do you brand it? And then how do you communicate it to the world? And so a little bit about my history. Uh, I am Melanie Ake, and I've uh, been so honored to be a part of this because I think leadership is everything. And my leadership journey started uh, when I was very young, and I was influenced by someone that is my mentor today, John Maxwell. John Maxwell um, was a part of my life from a very early age. And so many of you that know my story have heard this, but I think this is a great opportunity to share how much mentors mean in your life. And sometimes as, um, uh, I forget, I think it was Amber that said, when we go back and connect those dots, you know, as I started to learn my why and my story, learned that John Maxwell's father, Melvin Maxwell, actually preached at my great-grandfather's tabernacle here in Indianapolis. So there's a very deep connection of my personal why and how when I really started to discover it, how I, I really understood and connected to that. Um, my second mentor here I wanted to bring up, Simon Sinek. Uh, we follow all kinds of inspirational leaders, and I think for me, he was one that's, that started this conversation about how we think and how we communicate. So like um, Veronica talked about in visibility, right? If you don't know how to communicate what is on your heart and your why, people won't really listen to you. They won't hear you. 
And so I think it's really important that I shared with this with you this morning about my mentors and who has influenced me in my why. So on this next screen, um, I think, you know, this is a great quote. We talk about it all the time. The two most important days of your life are the day that you were born and then the day you discover your why. So on many of these panels, we've been talking about people that are struggling with changes or transformation that they've gone through through the day that they recognize that their why is more important than their fear. They start to feed their faith instead of their fear. This is the day that you discover your why. It's so critical and it's so valuable to the success that you'll have in your life. So again, John Maxwell, right? So when he has a new book out here called Change Your World, and I was privileged enough to be able to join him in one of his book launch conferences. And what's important about this is John is teaching transformational values about your why and how to bring people around the world together in inside of a table, have a conversation about values and leadership. So you can go to changeyourworld.com and you can also join this movement. Doesn't cost a thing. You don't have to be a part of the John Maxwell team, but you can show change in your own community today. I think it's a fabulous leadership start with your own why and there's principles that he teaches through this book and through this, these transformation tables that will help you become stronger in your community to communicate your why. So Simon Sinek, if you haven't followed him, there's a TED Talk, the famous TED Talk, Start With Why, and it helps you understand how to communicate your why from what we do and how we bring that to life. I encourage you to go and watch that. I won't share that today, but I really wanted to highlight it because it's one of the most popular TED Talks and really talks about communication. So just as Veronica talked about and Amber, go back and connect those dots and then we can really show up in the world. So uh, Gary Sanchez recently uh, began an institute several years ago. Uh, he was doing research about start with why and finding your why. And he was working with Simon to develop an algorithm. So an algorithm, an assessment to help you discover your why. And what they found were there were nine threads of your personality that really define how you show up in the world. So many times we'll take assessments of character development, right? We take the disc or these profiles and they tell us how we react to the world. But what they discovered is how it starts. So when we talk about our final purpose, what we do and how people see us, and then how we bring that to life, that's really what we talk about at the Why Institute, is how you discover your why. I refer to it as a purpose puzzle. When you put this together, you start making all of those other pieces fit in your life perfectly. So uh, just a little bit more about the brain biology. When we think about how we communicate in rational and analytical thought, that comes from one part of the brain. And sometimes if this is the only way that we learn to communicate, it turns everybody else off. They're not responding in a way that they would to emotionally connect. So if we start to begin to learn the language to speak from the limbic part of the brain, then we can really step into connecting emotionally and getting people to get behind our causes. We get them to trust us and we also start to have that consistent language that people respond to. So again, like I said, these are just brief um, personality um, assessments that you can take, Strength Finders, Colby, the Enneagram, and DISC, and these are ways that you respond to the world. Uh, once you know your why, you show up 
these are the ways that you can actually react to the world. And if you find these out, it can really help you with defining your purpose. So um, some of these things I'm going to talk about real quick, uh, finding out what it feels like if you have to let somebody down and you say no to someone. This is a why, a characteristic that is so important because if you understand this, you can start to strategically uh, create um, some timelines for yourself and understand how to create barriers and influence. And so one of these whys is called contribute. And it's because you really feel like you have to give a thousand percent to the world to add value and you don't want to let anybody down. I thought this was my why. It's not. <laughs> I was really surprised. Uh, however, if you understand what your why is, again, you can communicate a lot bigger and make a bigger impact in the world. So like Simon Sinek says, people buy what you do. They, they don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So it's how you bring your why to life, just like Veronica and Amber have said. So people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. Your actions, the consistency, builds your character. So the nine whys here, you can be contribute, trust, make sense, better way, right way, challenge, mastery, clarify, or simplify. And these are simply the assessments that they have um, gone through this algorithmic process, over 50,000 interviews, and it's over 1,500 questions in a database. So like those other ones, it's about the order of how we communicate. And once we get that down, it can change our lives and make a huge impact in your life. Just like the alphabet, just like our numbers, right? If we dialed a phone number one digit differently, we would get someone else. So we want to remember it's really important to develop the right order of how we communicate to fuel our passion. My company is Everyday Leaders, and I teach the assessments, I teach your why, and I help you find your purpose so that you can develop a strategy to show up, make, create a better way to do things, and make a bigger impact in the world. And thank you so much for your time, and it's been an honor to be here today with all of you. Thank you, Melanie. You're welcome. And our next speaker, Michael D. Butler, hello and welcome. Um, you're going to be teaching us so much. You are the CEO of Beyond Publishing, book publisher, global speaker, and media coach. And your topic is the Oracle. Thank you, Melanie. Your, your segment was just so exciting. I got so fired up today with, with everybody. It's, uh, it's always epic and a big shout out to Gigi because these conferences you host online, uh, if anybody's never hosted an online conference, you really don't know how hard it is. There's a lot of moving parts. And you ladies just do an epic job. You make it look beautiful. Big shout out to Gigi, best-selling author of God First and Walk With Me, Les Brown endorsed. And she's just an epic leader. And just to see her step into her greatness, her purpose the last few years from speaking in LA to speaking in Dallas to speaking everywhere. It's just been fun to watch her trajectory and God's favor on her life. So I applaud you, Gigi. You're doing awesome. Um, I am speaking on the Oracle, and uh, that sounds kind of weird, but let me tell you what. The Oracle is a, um, by definition, Wikipedia says an Oracle is a person or agency considered to provide wise and insightful counsel or prophetic predictions. Um, I, I like to say it like this. All, 
all kids are born geniuses. It takes an adult, it takes someone from the outside to deprogram a kid because we're, we're programmed with divine DNA, the thumbprint of God. We have greatness on the inside of us and we have a, a, amazing things programmed in us. All four of my sons, when they were in the womb, I would speak amazing and great things over them from scriptures, from things that was, were in my heart for them uh, things that were in my wife's heart for them, we would speak those over my children when they were in the womb. And I think something happens to us at about six or seven years old is we start accepting others' programming for us. Um, but, you know, I'm in Hollywood this week. We're working on some film projects for some of our book authors. And it's been very exciting because it doesn't matter what others have said to you. I love what Joy said, and, and I had written down the same scripture from Proverbs that life and death are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will enjoy its benefits so what we need to do is reprogram reprogram ourselves from the inside out and it's amazing to me that when you read the scriptures and you look at the life of jesus even though all these prophecies were spoken over him he came to earth as a baby he, he didn't automatically know what he was supposed to do, but it says he found out who he was by reading the scriptures. And that's how we find out who we are. We see ourselves in the scriptures. It occurred to him, oh, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. Wait a minute, I was born in Bethlehem. And all of a sudden, all these prophecies started intersecting and making sense. And the Holy Spirit quickened it to him, and he realized Mm, mm. And, you know, he's 12 years old and his parents, you know, travel out of town and they leave him back at the synagogue and he's asking questions. He's asking questions about himself and he's seeing himself in the scriptures. And that's who we are. So as long as we continue to speak the programming, to speak uh, the words, uh, what, what does leadership look like in our business? I would say it's every day and every day week we're speaking our core values to our team that's what it looks like what does leadership look like in our family in our marriage in our home we are speaking the words that maybe aren't happening right now they're not manifesting but as soon as we speak them over time our family our children can grasp the concepts that we're speaking to them because it's very important for us as leaders leadership in the home looks like being an oracle um, we're not there yet but we're headed in this direction like les brown says i see greatness in you and you know what our kids they just need us to call that out our team members just need us to call that out our family needs us you know we all go through rough times and rough days and bad days and and um we just need a word we need to remind ourselves who we are so as a teenager i had a list of 20 um, affirmations and they were all biblically based affirmations on my mirror in in my car when I drove to and from school I would recite these affirmations and when you start doing positive affirmations if and it's very important you do them out loud that you hear yourself say them just like when I started in sales in college my leadership would say on your way to the sales call because I did I did door-to-door sales Thank you, Jacqueline, for positive affirmations. Uh, look in the mirror and say, I like myself. And, and not just once or twice, but 20 times, 500 times. And then pretty soon you go from I like myself to I love myself. It, it 
At first, it's kind of like making yourself laugh. At first, you don't feel like laughing, particularly if you're depressed. You don't feel like being positive as a leader, especially when everything's gone to hell in a day, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, everything's crashing around me. And it feels like my world's been wiped out. But our family is looking to us. Our, our customers are looking to us to be a prophetic voice of leadership. Um, and you know what? The stock market rises and falls based on the words that the CEO and the core team speak. It's very important that we put on our game face, our poker face. It's, it's not lying. It's not projecting an untruth. It's just simply being confident and bold about we know where we're taking this company. I know where my business is headed. I know what my future looks like. Maybe I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm getting there. I believe in the power of your story. What does leadership look like for an athlete? Well, um, Manira mentioned the Olympics, and I love the Olympics. I was going to go to Japan, but they've closed it down this summer, so we'll be watching on television. It reminds me of my cousin who lived in L.A. She, her parents were actors, and in 1984 in Los Angeles, she's training for the Olympics. At 15 years old, um, she's a figure skater, an ice skater, and she's getting up at 4.30 a.m. every morning so she can be at the ice rink at 5 a.m. This is a motivated young woman. Six days a week she's skating. She's got several coaches. Her parents have invested in her. She's made the commitment, and uh, she, was, she was doing great. She was an Olympic hopeful, and then she got injured. But for like three years, she gave it her all. She gave it her life. And I love, I've heard John Maxwell's name mentioned so much today. And it's so fitting because his, his, his truth about leadership is influence. We bring influence with us everywhere we go. And if we're not, if, if, if we're not influencing people, uh, we're not truly walking in leadership. So what does leadership looks like? It's bringing your wife breakfast in bed. Um, uh, not just because it's Mother's Day, but just because. Do it another day. Just surprise her on a day that's not Mother's Day. That's leadership. It's making someone's day. It's thinking about their love language and planning ahead. And you know, somebody whose love language is acts of service, it's not so much the dollar amount, but it's the thoughtfulness you put into it. You know, I travel all over the world uh, with my publishing company, and I try to bless my kids based on their love language, and they're all different. And so I try to uh, put a lot of thought into what they would like uh, to read, what they would like to do, where they would like to go, and who they would like to be with. So I'm going to close it out with this. Um, I run a publishing company. We're publishing our 375th title this month. Uh, we're almost four years old. I went ahead and put my calendar link at michaeldbutler.com. If you've got a book idea, jump on my calendar and let's let's talk about your book idea. And maybe we could help bring it to market. I've got a brand new book I want to gift you. If you want to uh, get on more stages, virtual and real stages, it's called speakersedgethebook.com. And I'm going to mail you the hardcover um, by you simply buying the ebook for 99 cents today. So there's the link to Amazon. Buy the book for 99 cents. You'll love it. It's 106 pages of goodness and practical takeaways to get on more stages and to nail the sound bite speaking from your heart. And Speaker's Edge of the book, I put it in the chat. Go grab it for 99 cents and 
then text me, and I think I put my number, did I? I'm going to go ahead and put my number in the chat, 918-955-3227 is my cell. Text me the receipt, and then I will mail to you um, the hardcover, and I'll sign it and all that fun stuff, and you'll give me your address, and I'll FedEx it to you overnight. 918-955-3227 when you go to speakersedgethebook.com and buy the ebook for a buck. I will overnight you the hardcover. Once again, my number, my direct sale is 918-955-3227. Melanie, you run a great show here. Gigi, you produce a great show. Ladies, I'm loving listening to you. I'm going to keep you on here in California today. And leadership, I'm inspired by all you amazing women. Thanks for inviting me to be here today. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Great, great session. Um, love that you brought in the Proverbs too, right? That is just awesome. And uh, keep doing what you're doing and inspiring the world, my friend. Our next speaker, Kristen Fenrick. Good morning and welcome. We are excited to have you, fun and loving entrepreneur with a passion for fashion and giving back. CEO and founder of Clearly Kristen. She's going to teach us about building dynamic sales leaders in an automated social sales driven world. Thank you for joining us today and welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. I am so excited to be here. And so I do have a presentation. Um, I am putting it up on my screen. If I can just have a little assistance getting it up there, that would be great. Am I allowed to share my screen? Yes, ma'am. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So thank you, thank you. Yes, this is, I'm Kristen. I'm super excited to be here today. Um, this is like I've just been, I'm so full by listening to everybody and what everything has been going on. Make sure you guys let me know when you can see my screen. Are you able to see it now? Yes, Excellent, excellent. So I'll put it on there. And so, yes, I'm here today to talk to you about socially driven sales leadership. So my name is Kristen Fenrick, and I'm the founder and CEO of Clearly Kristen, Inc. We help businesses and brands tell their story. And as we know, we live in a socially driven world. We're sitting here today on a, on a Zoom, on a leadership conference on a Saturday, and many of us have already today probably done, done two or three events. I know I have. And so socially driven sales, socially driven uh, business practices, everything is about what we're doing online. And so we need to be ready for that. So being ready for that means a couple of different things. What I find when I'm working with a lot of uh, different leaders out there is they struggle with trying to figure out how do they navigate and deal with social systems right now, right? So you have Instagram, Twitter, you have Facebook, you have all of these different things that are going around, and then they're trying to decide who they are. And so when we look at socially driven sales leadership, the very first thing that you have to decide and you have to know as a business leader is who are you? Then once you know who you are, right? Now you need to be very, very clear about controlling the narrative of what people are saying about you. So I'm just gonna take a second right now and stop. And I want each one of you to think about one of my shows that was one of my favorite shows a couple of years ago. Who here, raise your hand if you ever watched the show Scandal. Raise your hand if you've ever, ever seen the show Scandal. Okay, so Scandal and Olivia Pope was all about controlling the narrative, right? That's what she did. 
she made sure that she controlled the narrative. And when we think about as sales leadership, that is one of our number one goals that we need to do and what we do. So how do you control the narrative and how does this translate to sales? So I have three takeaways that I want you to have today. So if you have your papers and pens, get them out and get them ready because I want to make sure that you guys are ready with this. We have three takeaways today. We're going to talk about revenue. We're going to talk about social proof and we're going to talk about automation. So revenue, 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 revenue. I'm here to tell you and tell everybody that's here that revenue is the driving force of business. Without revenue, you don't have a company, right? Driving revenue, though, comes from providing value and enhancing the customer experience, which leads to sales, okay? Well, in order to enhance the customer experience, the first thing they need is they need to know who you are, right? They need to know what you do. How many people here, if you've heard of the term UVP, raise your hand if you've heard of that term, UVP. UVP means unique value proposition. Your unique value proposition is what you do, right? That's what you do. People need to know that. Without that, how can they differentiate you from the other person who may sell things that are very similar to you? And then the last thing that you need to do this to enhance this customer experience is people need to know how they can connect with you. As we've been here today, I can tell you that my reason for being on this panel and many other people's reasons for being on the panel is because of our connection with Gigi or our connection with other people that are here on the panel. We found out about it. We know about this, that she's doing this, right? Because it's connection. People need to connect. We all connect with each other. Through those connections, right, we decide who we want to purchase from. We decide the kind of things that we want to do. We decide the places that we want to go, right? And so that leads us to our next place, which is social proof. And that's really what I'm here to talk to you about today, right? Your business, I, I'm sorry to say, right, your business, your products, your service is only as good as your last review. In today's socially driven world, what others say about you, your company, your products, and your service actually does matter. And so again, as a leader, and I have this in bold, you are in charge and you can and should control the narrative. This is your job. You do not have to have a huge high-powered PR firm behind you or a publicist or all of these things that large corporations have. You just have to have a plan, okay? And in your plan, your plan should be controlling the narrative of what people are saying about you and your business. Now, I'm here to tell you that you can do this because our third point is automation. Automation is king and queen, right? There are so many tools available today to automate your business, automate your message, right? So let's go back. I want to start back at the beginning and I want to just pedal back a little bit. So who here has an Instagram account? If you have an Instagram account, put it in the chat. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, wonderful. I'm here to tell you that today I have almost 20,000 followers on Instagram. The day that I was told you need to go on Instagram, I cried. 
When I tell you I cried like huge crocodile tears, like, no, because I couldn't just even thinking the idea of managing another social media platform just gave me literal highs. And what I can tell you though, is going through that process of going onto Instagram, beginning to tell my story. I have had so many iterations of my Instagram account, meaning that the way that I started it that five years ago is not the way my Instagram looks today. So I purposely have evolved with my Instagram account in all of my social media, because what did we say on item number two? Controlling the narrative, controlling the voice, controlling what other people see and say and, and understand about my company. So today my business has evolved and I do mostly um, a lot of coaching, a lot of consulting. I work with entrepreneurs on changing their business uh, messaging and their branding so that they can make sure that what others are hearing and saying about them is, is really driven toward what they do. And so this quote here is a quote that really resonates with me and my business, right? You're only as good as your word and your word is only as good as your actions, right? So when I'm out there online and we call it out there in those digital streets, right? When I'm out there in those digital streets, I need to make sure that my actions are aligned with my message, my brand. When you Google me, you Google my company, right? I control what comes up. It's very important to do that because in business, there's two huge guiding principles to any company and any brand, your mission and vision statement and your brand promise, okay? Your mission and vision statement, and I know sometimes we think about this, in the, and especially whether you're in the nonprofit world, whether you're in the for-profit world, whether you're in ministry, whether you're a personal brand, whether it's anything, you still have to have a mission and vision. Once you've developed that mission and vision, right, your social footprint should reflect the mission and vision of your company. They can't be two different things. You can't be saying how much of a philanthropist you are and your company does this and that, and you search your company out and there's no press on anything that you get, that you've been a part of, right? There's got to, it's got to match. Your mission and vision statement should match what people are seeing when they Google you, when they're Googling your company, when they are you know, going out to social media, it should all reflect this. So first thing you have to do is develop a vision and mission statement if you haven't. And then use that as a guiding principle that, so that it aligns with who you are, what you do, and your brand and your business. The next thing is once you've established that mission and vision, you need to be able to translate that into your brand promise, okay? Your brand promise. And we talked earlier about unique value proposition. And I'm utilizing these terms because it's very important in business to understand these terms. It's very important to understand your unique value proposition. It's very important to understand mission and vision and your brand promise. Because when you begin to talk to, I think we were um, speaking, there was another young lady who came on earlier who talked about an IPO that she was involved in, right? It's important to understand this lingo. As a leader, you have to begin to understand the language of business. And so these are things that as you're establishing your company, your brand promise, again, should be reflected in everything you do. And so as a leader, 
the choices that you make should keep your brand promise in mind. So whatever you say, your brand promise is what you say and tell your customers that you're going to do, right? I like the, a brand promise for FedEx is they can get your product, your, your package to you in 24 hours, right? Next day service. That is a brand promise. So if you should have a brand promise, right? Something that you are fulfilling for your customers that is unique to what you do. And so your social footprint the kind of images that you're showing on your social media, on your Facebook, on your Instagram, on your Twitter, right? Should be talking about that brand promise. It should reflect who you are as a company. It should reflect who you are as a leader. And I'm also here to tell you all that our company owners, CEOs, right? And you've been hiding behind your computer and your desk for some time and you haven't wanted to expose who you are and you think, well, my company is fine. Guess what? We're in 2021. Every leader of every company is searchable. They can find out who you are, whether or not you want to be found out, right? People can no longer hide behind their company, the shield of their, their company, right? And be Oz, like the Wizard of Oz behind the scenes. You still, people can find you. And it's, it's unique right now. I'm thinking about one of the women that is one of my clients. And it's amazing because if you saw how big her company is and the fact that nobody knew this was her that ran this company for the last 20 years is amazing. But now people have found her, right? So now she's getting all types of like, boom, boom. And now we're developing and having to put out there who she is, right? Now we're doing the personal branding and all that stuff that needs to be done so that she reflects, right? The person that, she is in caliber as far as business is concerned, but she's been able to live a quieter personal life. So again, I am here. My name is Kristen. You know, I'd love to absolutely hear from you. You can find us on social media. So I'm at clearly Kristen on Instagram. I love Instagram now. Like I don't even know what I would do without Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at clearly Kristen and at Twitter on clearly underscore Kristen. So if you're ready to tell your story, we're ready for you. Thank you again, Gigi, for having me here today. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you, Kristen, for getting clear. <laughs> I love that. It's so true, right? Sometimes our messaging gets lost. And so helping us create that brand that people will respond to. This has been so great. I hope all of you as attendees have out your booklets and your journals and you're writing all of this down and you can go back and rewatch this. These are amazing speakers today. Our next guest and speaker is Maria Angelova. I am so excited to have you share your story. You are of Rebellious International, which is the Mind Body Coach, founder and CEO of Rebellious International, a lifestyle and wellness company. The company's mission is to empower clients through intentional movement and mindfulness. The goal is to uncover one's authentic and best self so you can live a purposeful, calmer, and more productive life. Today, your topic is, what does self-care have to do with leadership? 
That is right. And I am so excited to be here with all of you because I have definitely found my why. And I'm passionate about sharing how magnificent self-care can be for us, uh, how transformational it can be for our personal and professional lives. It is such a pleasure to be here and I have loved every single presentation so far. Absolutely can relate to each and every one thing that every speaker so far has said from finding your purpose to finding your why to sharing it with the world, just like Gigi is allowing all of us to do here. Self-care is that one thing that can lead us to begin deep inside, connecting to our own heartbeat and letting our light shine upon the world, right? It's about giving and sharing why we are here, why that heart is beating. And I'm passionate to talk about that. So I will start by sharing my screen. Can you see my screen? Yeah, okay. Yes. So um, the first question that I would like to ask you is anybody here who wishes they had a couple of extra hours a day or maybe two of you so that you can get everything done. The one and first thing that people, when I start talking about self-care says, I don't have time for self-care. How do I find time for self-care? And my firm belief is that once we discover something that makes us feel good, that gives us energy, that makes us be more productive during the day, then that one thing is not something that we have to do. It is something that we want to do, right? So I will start by sharing a story of a girl who was very successful and superwoman by societal standards. She wrapped up her BBA and MBA in finance with highest honors. She was a pride for parents, family, teachers, bosses. She moved up successfully the corporate ladder. She was that go-to family, friend, relative that could get anything done at any time of the day. And she was a serious perfectionist control freak, overachiever, multitasker. And because all of these things had served her well, she thought that was the way to live. However, what was happening behind the scenes is she would sleep on a good day, maybe three to four hours. She would go to bed exhausted only to toss and turn and go through the to-do lists that um, had to be, things that had to be done the next day and wake up groggy and foggy, not really ready to conquer the day, but dragging through the day. She would sneak up energy anytime possible, seeking that rush of energy. And she would deal with serious stress and anxiety anytime things didn't turn out her way or things were not perfectly done. She worried about what others had to say and did regular, very high intensity workouts as a way to um, self-care. Her life was definitely defined by societal and family expectations, and she was diagnosed with stage three adrenal fatigue. Fast forward, she incorporated self-care through intentional movement and mindset, and that was a transformational uh, life changer for her. What happened is she discovered her why. She was able to tune out the sound of the world and tune in, tune in to her heartbeat and tune in to why she's here. She discovered her calling. She learned to let go of the control and trust the process and the journey and follow that heartbeat. Along with that, let go the stress, the anxiety, as well as the worries of what others' opinions are. 
She silenced the naysayers, those that wanted to keep her into the comfort zone and found and created her own tribe of people who are inspirational, motivational, and who pushed her to grow past the terror barriers. And today she's living a life of authenticity, purpose, and fulfillment, a life of giving and a life of sharing what she loves with the world. And that person, my friends, is me. The picture on the left is my picture um, as a finance director. And the picture on the right, uh, hopefully it's the same on your screen, is the picture of me as an entrepreneur. And a wise mentor of mine made the observation of, have you seen how much more energy and light and vibrancy that is in your sight into your new picture? And I was Wow, I did not, but I definitely know that my energy, my vibes, my zest for life is completely different. And I think that self-care is that one thing that can change our life and make us go from existing to truly living. So you might be wondering, well, how is that going to change me as a leader? Self-care has absolutely everything to do with us raising our own vibrations with us being the best that we can be, with us being that person who is doing what they're supposed to do. Everybody here talked about that we all have a purpose, we all have our why. And if you don't know what your wife is, self-care could be your um, hand, uh, your friend who holds your hand and helps you dig inside and hear the heartbeat. I have highlighted the words intentional and regular because now we know that we should move, we know we should meditate, but a lot of people make it a thing on their to-do list and it just becomes the next thing that we do on autopilot. We don't really slow down and give ourselves, our bodies and our minds the respect. We don't really get to know each other and who we are. We live but what society tells us to do by shoulds and musts and have tos instead of what our calling is. So what can intentional and regular self-care do for you? And here I'm specifically talking about mindset and movement, getting to know yourself physically, knowing your body, knowing where you're in space, knowing how you move through space, knowing where you're holding on to tension, knowing why you're holding on to tension, as well as our mindset. Why do we think the way we do? Why are we holding ourselves back from our purpose? Amonira talked about, we have those ideas. Why do we not execute on them? What are our beliefs that hold us back from being who we want to be, who we know when we start thinking about that one idea fires us up, we smile, we get excited, and yet we stay into our comfort zone. So knowing who we are, knowing where we come from, Michael talked about the first seven years when all kids are born geniuses, and then society tones us down and tells us, you should do this, or you should not do this, so that you can fit into society standards, right? Self-care allows us to unleash our authenticity. It allows us to lead from the heart. It also allows us to elevate our thinking because then we can relate not only to ourselves, but also to others. When we can understand our behavior, our thoughts, our beliefs, where we are aware and conscious of that, we can create so much deeper connections with others because we have so much more empathy and compassion for others as well. Stronger relationships, stronger types, surrounded by people who are living with purpose. Self-care also grounds us, it calms us, and it makes us more responsive. Have you ever been stressed out and gotten aware of how reactive you become to even the smallest things that don't turn your way? There is the difference in living a life 
in being in a responsive state versus reactive state. Self-care will undoubtedly increase your focus, your creativity, innovation, and productivity. When we're living on autopilot, when our mind is spinning nonstop, when we're exhausted, when we're not nourished well, when our body is achy and stiff, we cannot be creative. We are scattered. We are the squirrel brain, right? Jumping from one thing to the other without being able to accomplish anything well. And undoubtedly self-care will help you improve your bottom line, but also your personal and professional results. It will help you show up better in the world, whether it is as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a corporate employee, as a parent, as a friend, as a son, as a daughter, brother, sister, it will help you be a better person in all aspects because you will be real, you will be calmer, grounded, and you will respond to life. It would also, as I mentioned before, help you attract like-minded people, right? All of us are here because all of us share something in the way that we think. And that's that all of us are heart-minded individuals driven by a purpose, willing to share our gifts with the world. And at the bottom, which I think is one of the most important things, which unfortunately we do not appreciate until it cracks, that's our health, right? Self-care will keep us healthy. And being proactively healthy is a lot cheaper and a lot better than dealing with illness. A few gentle reminders. These are some of my favorite statements that I share with, client, with clients. As I already mentioned, proactive self-care is much cheaper than illness. It is so much more expensive to deal with pain. It's, we're unproductive, we're distracted, we're uncomfortable and chronic conditions. Hospital visits, very expensive. More than 70% of uh, doctor visits are related to stress. I would like for you to remember that your body is an expression of you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So when we do self-care, we have to nourish each one of these compartments. Your time, energy, body, and life are precious. Treat them as such. You set the tone for how people treat you. Set up boundaries. I think it was Melanie that talked about boundaries, right? We have to learn to say no, and in the beginning, that can be very uncomfortable. Make yourself a priority. It is very uncomfortable in the beginning, but the more you do it, the more you self-respect, the more people will respect you. Somebody said that you cannot overflow from an empty cup. I believe it was amber. Absolutely not. You will dig, dig, dig until that cup is empty, and that's when disease, that when problems start appearing. You cannot have that vibrancy and that inspirational magnetic energy if your cup is empty. The next one is super important. Beliefs, our beliefs lead to our thoughts. Our thoughts lead to our feelings. Our feelings lead to action or, for that matter, lack of actions and our actions lead to our results. So if our results, whether it's in personal or professional life are not where we want them to be, we need to go back and dig into the beliefs, which is our awareness kicks in. And last but not least, self-care and self-investment are a reflection of your self-worth. So I encourage you today to investigate, do you take care of yourself? And if you do, great, what can you do even better? And if you don't, why not? What are the things in your life that you're tolerating because you don't think you're worth it, a living a life of purpose and fulfillment? I wrap up with making sure you, encouraging you that you want to time find for self-care, don't you? Don't you want to thrive and live a life of fulfillment?
It is a great pleasure to be with you, all of you here. Pleasure meeting some new people, Gigi. You're amazing. I have such a heart and appreciation for women who empower others to lead a fulfilling and purposeful life. Thank you for getting us all together. And thanks for everybody watching. If I can be of assistance to any of you or just to create a simple connection, please do make sure to reach out. Thanks everybody. Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much, Maria. What a great presentation. Remembering that self-care is so critical to us and we forget about that sometimes. So what a great reminder. We appreciate your presentation today. Michelle Moraz, I know you're on a time schedule and we are so excited to have you here with us today. You are an international TEDx speaker, communication trainer, success coach, co-host of the Denim and Pearls podcast, and author of Eat, Drink, and Be Merry, M-A-R-Y, a glimpse into a life well-lived and it's not luck. You're overcoming you. Michelle is the host of Mental Shift, the show on the new channel, TNC from the Philippines. Today, we're going to listen to Michelle's great presentation on the law of resiliency. Are you an egg, a carrot, or a coffee? Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Well, I love to quote Maya Angelou. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. My why revolves around you. I like to guide others to find their why, not their why, but to, to get out of their way, basically. We, we apologize most of our lives for what we didn't become, what we were supposed to be, what our parents wanted to be. And it holds us back from what we truly are. And so I like to help people get out of their way because whatever we say outwardly is a reflection of what we're saying inwardly. So we have to get that thought out of our heads in order to move forward. So why did I choose about resiliency, the carrot, the egg, and the coffee bean? If you haven't heard about that, I am the epitome of the carrot, the egg, and the coffee bean. I've gone through all of them in my renditions of life. Now, when you think of resiliency, I want you to remember that what resiliency is about, it's about returning, okay? I didn't say returning to what you were. I'm saying just returning because a lot of times we aren't who we really think we are. Let that settle in there for a little bit because life is filled with continual problems, continual change. And as humans, we like to fight it. Now, let me get into the carrot, bean, uh, egg, and bean analogy. Hardships, liken them to hot water, okay? When you put a hard carrot into hot water or into hardships, what happens to a carrot? Does it remain hard? No, it gets soft, it gets malleable, it gets squishy. When you put an egg, which is fragile, right? You can crack it, gone. You put an egg in hot water, what happens to it? It's hard. But as humans, cynical, pessimistic, inaccessible. But then you put a coffee bean, which starts off kind of bitter and hard, you don't really know what to do with it. You put it in the, that hot water, 
and it becomes something new. It doesn't cave in, it doesn't smash, it doesn't get harder. It becomes an enhanced aromatic thing that other people enjoy. It becomes better of itself. So when you are thinking about who you are in your life, that was my breakout question. Are you a carrot, an egg, or coffee bean? The reason why I share this as I'm all three renditions is because as a young child, I'll give you a little bit brief of, of my life. As a young child, my father would tell me I was short, fat, and ugly, and that I was, I may be smart, but the world only opens for beautiful people. So stay out of college because a man needs that chair. Get out off that stage because someone more important needs to be there. So I became the carrot as that child. He put me in a situation where I thought I wasn't good enough. I was inadequate and therefore I wasn't worthy of living. At seven years old, I tried to commit suicide. What was going through my head? I was the carrot that went soft. As I got older, I emerged into an egg. Okay, I was still fragile, but if you've ever watched any of these other panels that Gigi has been has hosted, I was a captive rape victim. I was kept captive for nine months of my life, my junior to senior year of college. That fragile girl became a very hard girl in that hot water. I didn't trust anyone. I didn't believe in anyone. And I didn't believe that anyone meant well for anyone. I lost hope in humanity. And once again, got suicidal, but instead of wanting to hurt myself, I decided I would detach myself from the world and I would take down anyone who came in my way. I became totally not me. I adapted to be a hard, cynical, unapproachable, inaccessible, boiled egg. And honestly, on the inside, I wasn't really nice. I kind of smelled that you put, put me into a box, right? I wasn't really a pleasant thing to be around, right? Boiled eggs don't smell so good. I was not a happy human, but on the outside, I pretended to be. But inside, I was rotten. I allowed that situation to rot in me. Now, as I grew older, I not so hardened anymore, but what I did was I started moving around my life doing, okay, I'm just going to forget my path. I'm going to start new. I'm going to be bitter bean. I'm still kind of hard. And then I was in a car accident and I obtained a traumatic brain injury where I lost four areas of my brain. I lost my frontal lobe over my left ear, the back of my head, and my two hemispheres disconnected. I was trapped in my mind for about 24 months. Yeah, 24 months. To me, it only felt like a month, but it was 24 months where I was stuck in my head, arguing with all the voices in my head, all those inner critics who said, you know what, you are lousy. You know what, you are short, fat, and ugly. You know what, good thing that man raped you because no one else will ever love you. There were horrible voices in my head. And I listened to them for quite a while. And then I realized, are they really holding me back? Or are they challenging me? 
I ended up writing a book in my head called Eat, Drink, and Be Merry, and another book in my head called It's Not Luck, Overcoming You. And what really what happened was it was me taking these voices and categorizing them in my head. This one incident in my life with my brain injury, although I was stuck in my head, gave me the hints of being a coffee bean in hot water. Now, in that 24 months where I was arguing with myself, I came out of it eventually. And if you really want to hear the deep story of that, you might want to listen to one of the other uh, panels that Gigi has hosted and Lakeisha has put together because I've shared this bigger story and I don't want to waste that time with my 10 minutes. But within six months, I found out not only do I have a brain injury, but I also was diagnosed with breast cancer and given three months to live. So not only was this coffee bean in boiling water, they put me on high alert and then microwaved me on top of that. So what I learned about being that carrot to the egg to the bean was that instead of reverting to the carrot and becoming soft and giving up or going and becoming that egg and getting hard and hating everything around me, I became the bean and said, you know what? This trouble, this pain, this that I'm going through, I will come back, I will bounce. I will be the resilient human I need to be because if God wants me to go through all this, he must want me to share it. And I cannot share it if I'm a carrot. I cannot share it if I'm an egg. But if I'm a coffee bean, I could put this aroma out to the world and be able to share my lessons learned. So we have a choice when it comes to adversity. We can either be the catalyst of change and embrace it or we can be the carrot and smash down or the egg and get smelly and no one wants to be around you. So what I want to encourage all of you is with your, the law of resiliency, you could probably see my face if you look up in the dictionary of all the things I've come back from. But if there is a resiliency in your bones and you say, no, it isn't, I'm gonna give you one more quick analogy. For those of you who do not relate to the carrot, egg and bean, can you relate to the rubber band? My idea of life is that we are all given a rubber band. We are the rubber band. And so many times we are stretched and we're pulled and we're stretched and we're pulled and we're like, I can't stretch anymore. Michelle, you're wrong. I broke. I don't know you're a rubber band. Guess what? Rubber bands can be tied back together. And in that tie, it becomes a stronger, stronger point in that band. So if you think you are not a carrot, an egg or a bean, you're a rubber band. And if you are a broken rubber band, tie that thing because where you broke is your strongest point. It's where you will change other people's lives by sharing it. What happens to a rubber band when it is pulled in stress? It builds up so much tension. Build on that tension. You cannot destroy energy. It can only be converted. So take that energy when you think you're being held back and use it to think, use it to plan, use it to do something else. Because when that energy lets go, you fling forward very quickly. Be the resilient rubber band that God made you to be. He didn't bring us into this world as children coming out with flowers and rubber, you know, and you know, moonlight and sunbeams. We come out of our mothers screaming, she's screaming, everything's hurting, right? We were not brought into this world gently. When we learn to crawl, we fall on our faces. When we learn to walk, we 
honking down on us and fall on our faces. We are meant to fall. You are built by God to be resilient. Do not listen to the world that tells you you cannot because you can. Remember, you can be the carrot, the egg, or bean. Choose to be the coffee bean. And if you don't want to be any of those, remember your rubber band, bounce back. My quote from my book, I think it's in Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. It's change is an emotional journey. It's not rainbows and butterflies in a field of daisies. Change is uncomfortable. And it forces you to find and evaluate who you truly are. The beauty is in the possibilities. Be the resilient person that you truly are. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, and I'll put some stuff in the chat. Thank you, Michelle. I know you've had a hard time with your voice, all these things that have been going on. So thank you for being resilient and being here with us today, because what a great message. Uh, we so appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. And now we transition to our third segment. And so we'd like to bring Juju back on for just a minute here. And if you need to go to the restroom, if you want to grab some water, grab your new journal, and we'll be right back with you for the third hour of our conference.
Juju. Thank you, Juju. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Our next speaker, Ragni Sinikas. You are a woman of change and power, the founder of World Women Conference and Awards, Women Entrepreneurs TV, Changemakers Coach, Public Speaker, and you are going to talk to us today about a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart. Leadership starts within. So thank you for joining us today and sharing. Thank you. It has been incredible conference. I want to congratulate every single panelist which has been before me. I think I have changed my presentation like three times already because I'm like, oh, that's that's already taken care of. Oh, that's already taken care of. So I really, truly hope that uh, anything rather than, than just uh, spending your time uh, today that you see it as investment in yourself. Because by taking the time, especially uh, making those notes, which are very, very valuable, you are investing in yourself. But you also need to show up in your life. So I want to thank you, everybody that uh, has joined today and shared their knowledge. It has been truly, truly amazing. I have been making some notes myself and, uh, and really, truly enjoying the day. But um, let's deep dive. And I, um, I try to maybe... Um, show another angle and uh, show another angle in a sense that uh, we all know that leadership really, really uh, is something that can be learned. It's not that uh, we born into it, but uh, let's, let's deep dive. I hope you have everything in front of you. I hope you did stand up for a second uh, and, uh, and did everything. But if you didn't, let's breathe very quickly, three times intently so our energy starts to flow. Otherwise, you're not going to pay any attention to me and uh, then there, it's a waste of time, yours and mine. So let's do that. So right here and right now, you literally have the choice. You can either accept your life by just going with the flow and repeat it until you die, or finally step into your power and actually change your life. So let's get to work and let's get it done. Everyone talks about it, but only few understand it. Most people desire to cultivate a high capacity for it, and only few actually do. If you Google the definition of leadership, you will get more than 760 million results. Today, leadership is a buzzword. Why has leadership become so important? Because people are recognizing that becoming a better leader changes lives. Everything rises and falls on leadership. The world becomes a better place when people become better leaders. When I'm, and I'm not just talking about the leadership with a title. Leadership on the outside begins within, as Robin Sharma says. So for many centuries, philosophers emphasized rationality and logic as the end all. But we know today that this is a limited view of the human potential. Most leadership techniques or teachings focus solely on mindset. 
Today, we dive into taking a holistic approach to greatness and wellness, respectively. So leadership must have the mindset, a balanced emotional state, a physical strength, and a spiritual focus. So let's start with the mindset. Having a leadership mindset is the key to the success. The leadership mindset is not as simple as it seems. Developing or the mindset of a champion to get to your goals. Have the mindset of a leader to get good things done. Create the mindset of success to draw more, more of it into your life. So the finest leaders are extremely optimists. Yes, you can build a healthy mindset through the books you read, the people you meet, and the words you speak, or taking part in the events like today. Mindset is your psychology, and you can have great psychology and strong beliefs. The best investment is always the one we make for ourselves. Self-knowledge and understanding ourselves on a much deeper level is the epitome of this investment. We build upon our foundation of constant learning every day in order to better ourselves. You see, we don't achieve success in our lives based on what we want. Rather, we attract this to our lives based on who we are and who we're becoming. The second pillar of this is the heart set or health set. Leadership health set is understanding the energy you have, which, even, which is even more valuable than intelligence. Your health set is about your vitality, your energy, and living a long life so you can serve and go do great things. A healthy person has lower stress levels, which results in a higher productivity level. So let's deep dive into science. If you don't have the time or opportunity to go to the gym, at least take 10 minutes out of your morning routine and do a quick workout at home. And the key here is to sweat. So exercise promotes the expansion of brain factor, which is the, the BDNF protein that helps to regulate uh, your brain, which is essential for learning and memory. The BDNF protein is found in regions of the brain that controls eating, drinking, and body weight. The protein like, uh, likely contributes to management of these functions. So exercise can also decrease the levels of your body stress hormones, such as adrenaline and cortisol. It is also stimulating the production of endorphins, chemicals in the brain that is the body natural painkiller and mood elevator. Exercising can really, really have great benefits as we heard before. Third pillar, the heart set. It's your emotionality when our heart and emotion control us. Working on your heart set is vital to the overall growth of your emotional intelligence. Courage with compassion. Heart set leaders is what genuine leadership and authentic power is all about. It's all about delivering value to your clients and inspiring co-workers and, and sharing kindness and caring. It's about being fully human in a world that has become so disconnected from what's most important. Hearted leaders who really have a massive impact are so genuine, 
earnest and heartfelt in their dedication to helping their followers that you can feel this force even before they say one word. Please kindly remember that you can't fake authenticity and you can't pretend to be real. And the last pillar of the leadership pillars are the soul set. I invite you to become an individual that grows to a leader of our society and aspires to create a better world for all of us. That primal drive to greatness is within us all. Your leadership soul is who you sincerely are deep down below all those labels and titles. When you learn and understand how to align more with your soul, each day, life will seem to flow more freely, feeling more elevated and achieving inner peace. So living the mobile virtues of honesty, generosity, justice, compassion, uh, and civility never really goes out of sight. Decency is always hip and showing the best of your humanity is definitely cool, isn't it? No matter what industry you work in and what nation you live in, good things always unfold for great people. And building a character that expresses strong moral authority will always be a gorgeous way to amplify your impact. Just ask Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, or Mother Teresa. So leadership is shifting today where we are witnessing such an opportunity for heroism, leadership, and public service. These truly are the worst of times and the best of times. And if you allow it, this will be your season to shine. And in the spirit of helping you scale your fortune, construct a beautiful lifestyle for you and your loved ones and leverage on your life in service of many, I wish to walk you through in five specific tactics that will help you rise. Number one, learn relentless. So, I've discovered through my work that it's not the most intelligence who wins. It's the most persistence. Few things can stop a human being obsessed with their vision, devoted to their mission, and determined to make their dreams a reality, like Gigi. Number two, obsessive optimization. Members of majority accept average. It's too much work to make things better. And playing video games or surfing at the social media platforms on, on our four, uh, phones feels so much, much better. It's an escape, no? World-class producers monomaniacally focused on leaving everything they touch better than they were before. And that's what makes them great. Number three, as mentioned, morning self-mastery. All the titans of, uh, of the business really understand the way you begin your day sets up the caliber of your focus and the quality of your performance. To dominate your domain, you absolutely need to learn the daily rituals of superstars. Once you do, nothing will ever be the same for you. Number four, battle proving against critics. It's un if you're unprepared, they will take you down. So the reality is that the very nature of being a visionary and world-class means you will attract ridicule, jealousy, and condemnation. You must continue at all costs. And you know why? Because the world needs you.
The world needs your magic. And all heroes turn their setbacks into stepping stones. Number five, genius grade differentiation. So copyists never win. To lead your field, you absolute, uh, absolutely must learn and must master the, the creativity, the fortune, and the, all that it's needed to deliver the world-class results. And so I suggest that you disrupt or face disruption. So as the leader, you have the shot of immortality that you can leave behind as your legacy by living in hearts of those you left behind. How do you want to be remembered when you are no longer here? So building intimacy with your immortality is not something that is depressing. And last note, I think complementing how you want to be remembered, what you want to have stood for, what you will leave behind in the hearts that will stay behind when you are no longer here is absolutely inspirational. I hope you wrote those questions down and not only questions, but also the answers, who you are and what you want to stand for the rest of your life. I wish you all the best. If you have any questions, I'm at your service and hopefully I added value to you today. Thank you, Ragni. Thank you, Ragni. Always a pleasure for you to present. Leadership starts within, it is about our character, right? One thing that we do, how we say, we do one thing is how we do everything. And I love that you teed this up about mindset because our next speaker right here from Indianapolis, Indiana, my friend, Tim Schur, super excited to have him on the panel today uh, with Schur Success. So he has advanced degrees in psychology, is a multi-award winning hypnotist. He facilitated over 15,000 individual hypnosis sessions over the last 30 years and discovered how to quickly eliminate insecurity, anxiety, and self-sabotage. Gosh, don't we all need this today? As an award-winning leadership speaker, Tim has helped corporate clients earn millions in annual revenue using the One Belief Away method from his new book, One Belief Away. His approach is so effective that it's been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, and the TEDx stage over 50 times. He's also the founder of the Global Legend Summit and the host of the popular How to Be Mesmerizing podcast. Today, Tim is going to share your only one belief away from everything that you want in life. Welcome, Tim. Thank you so much. So 32 years ago, I wanted to answer one question. How do I get rid of my anxiety? How do I get rid of my self-doubt? How do I get rid of that insecurity that holds me back? I've been listening to all the tremendously talented and amazing speakers all morning. And the stories are powerful and moving and beautiful and inspirational and the tools and tips and strategies are spot on. But the question that people have is, well, okay, it makes sense that I need to uh, you know, improve my life. It makes sense that I need to get over the pains and the traumas of my life. It makes sense that I need to go from pain to purpose. I understand all that, but I can't seem to do it. I don't know how. I know what to do. I just can't get myself to do it. And it can cause us to feel even worse about ourselves. What's wrong with me? 
instead of thinking I don't have the right tools to support strategies, insights, resources, what we do instead is we think there's something wrong with me and I'm never going to be able to do this. And so I wanted to figure out how do you shift that and how do you shift it quickly? So I got my degrees in psychology, but it was so, it took forever. They said, if you wanted to help someone overcome a, a phobia, which is an intense fear that it, it might take months or maybe years and you'd have to use medication. Well, I started learning peak performance tools like hypnotism and neurolinguistic programming and the other peak performance tools that were out there. And I was watching it happen in 30 minutes. I'm like, how is that happening? What's going on in your mind that caused you to go from impossible to possible? From I'm not good enough to I am good enough. From I don't, I don't feel like I deserve to be loved to I love myself and I am going to spend the rest of my life taking care of me so that I can take care of others. And I wanted to know what that was. And after 32 years and after facilitating over 15,000 individual sessions and 100 group experiences, I figured it out. And it has to do with our unconscious beliefs. Just like Maria had said earlier, your beliefs influence how you think. So instead of trying to be a positive thinker or have a more optimistic attitude, we got to figure out what are the beliefs that are driving the negativity or the fear or the cynicism? What are those beliefs, like Maria said in her beautiful story about all the tragedies that she went through, how are you able to take those inner critics in your head and change it around? Well, it has to do with your beliefs, what you believe about yourself. It's not the experiences that you go through. It's the beliefs that form from those experiences that then get stuck in your unconscious mind that then play out in your life. Your unconscious or emotional mind is the part of you that controls 80% of what you do. Imagine sitting on an elephant trying to steer that elephant. I've seen people sit on elephants with a little stick trying to guide that elephant. But if that elephant decides to go a different direction, it's going. No matter how much that little person on that stick is trying to, to hit that elephant. And that little person on that stick is our conscious mind. It's our willpower. Our emotional mind, our unconscious beliefs rule the day. So once I realized this, I started helping people upgrade their unconscious beliefs. And it was extraordinary, the results. People that weren't able to accomplish things suddenly were. People who had horrible, bad habits were suddenly free from those habits. People who had been through un, you know, just horrible, traumatic experiences. We've all been through what I call big T and little t traumas. And it's not those traumas, although they hurt. It's the beliefs that form from them, from them. The beliefs of what do I believe about myself, about others, about the world around me? Do I live in a world that is cruel? Do I live in a world that is like a school where you can always learn? Do I live in a world where it's magical and full of love? Well, whatever you believe is what you're going to see. In the Jewish book, the Talmud, it says you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. And so our goal is to upgrade unconscious beliefs. So I took this theory into corporate America because I had a lot of clients that were coming to see me for personal challenges and they happened to be HR directors or VP of sales or they would be the CEO or the president of a company. And they said, hey, I hear you're a really good hypnotist. You think you could get my sales team to make more money? And I was like, sure. Now I didn't know anything about corporate America, but I know a lot about us humans. And so when I went in and I started working with people, I realized it's, again, it's about your unconscious beliefs. I remember working with a gentleman one time that was running his department and he was very competitive. And because he was very competitive, he had a team of people that were very competitive. And it was always like they had this mini kingdom and they were always competing against other departments and always trying to compete, um, compete against themselves. And it caused a lot of problems. 
And this leader didn't see it that way. You know, in leadership, what we call unconscious beliefs that are holding us back, we call them blind spots. We call them biases. And we have these unconscious beliefs and biases and blind spots that are um, influencing how we show up or how we communicate. And when I helped him upgrade a belief, I just helped him shift from thinking of himself like a competitive father to a competitor to a collaborative grandfather. You know, as fathers, we're always trying to compete and trying to make things better. But as a grandfather or a grandmother, you have more relaxation. You have more life wisdom. It's not about proving yourself. It's about serving others and lifting others up and helping others shine. It's not really about you anymore. It's really about being others focused. And when he was able to have that awareness and upgrade that belief and recognize the reason he was so competitive is because when he was a kid, it felt like the only time his dad ever gave him approval is when he was winning or he was being a great athlete or he was you know, doing something better than somebody else. So he formed a belief that I'm not enough unless I'm better than everybody else. Well, if you have a belief that I can't be good or I can't feel happy or I can't feel loved unless I'm better than everybody else, it's going to make you a very competitive person. And if somebody shows up and they say, you should be more collaborative, they're going to go, that's a great idea. And they're going to go back to being competitive because their unconscious needs are being served and their brain is creating a, an experience where they have to be competitive in order to feel loved. People aren't just going to give that up, no matter how many amazing tools you give them. So when we upgrade our unconscious beliefs, and I helped him upgrade his so that he felt a sense of love and peace without having to prove it. You don't have to prove it. You're already enough. In fact, anybody that's watching this amazing conference, you've already proved it enough times. How many more times do you have to prove your worth? You're already good. You're already whole. You have nothing to prove. If you want to accomplish or achieve or transform the world, do it because it's a bonus because it's a joy, because you want to be a coffee bean, right? I love that. I love that. And so Michelle's beautiful story. So if you want to show up because you want to have more experiences and because you want to add more value to the world, then do it because of that, not because there's something wrong with you. And you, if you have to have more money or you have to have more power, you have to have this title or this position or, you know, look a certain way or sound a certain way, because that all is limiting beliefs. That all comes back to our biggest human fear which we all have, and it's, I'm not enough. And because I'm not good enough, I won't be loved. And so our goal is to grow out of that. And I love um, uh, what, and please forgive me if I mispronounce your name, but Ragni, what, what um, the speaker that just before us, I thought she was really, really wonderful. And she said, do you want to uh, disrupt or destruct? And I thought that was brilliant, right? Do you want to disrupt those fearful beliefs that are in your mind that are holding you back that were formed as a child? Or do you want to disrupt them um, because they're going to destruct your life? They're going to destroy your money, your relationships, your ability to achieve or attain or just to have inner peace and happiness to be able to take those breaks. Many leaders are afraid to take those breaks because they think that somehow they're going to lose out or things are going to fall apart. So it's, there's reasons why we don't really do a lot of self-care, and it usually has to do with insecurity and self-limiting beliefs. So if we decide that as an adult, we're going to take our power back, that becomes a game changer. Most all of our limiting beliefs were formed by the time we were eight years old. Our goal is to make sure that as adults, we are retraining our mind. And there are plenty, I have plenty of training resources, uh, the One Belief Away books, lots of courses uh, and free programs 
on my uh, social media sites that will actually show you how to do this and take you step by step through the process of retraining your mind so that you're able to use the rest of your life and make it the best of your life. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. What a motivation this morning. I am so glad that you were able to join us for this conference. And it's really true. We are only one belief away from everything that we can accomplish in our life. Thank you so much for joining us. And when we spoke of collaboration, Tim and I are talking about collaborating in a lot of ways here in Indianapolis. So watch out. <laughs> All right. Our next speaker. Oh, my goodness. This girl has helped us with so many of these events. Lakeisha James, you're amazing. And I know that you have to leave. And uh, first of all, our condolences in, in your loss this week. Um, we're just our Thank thoughts you. are with you today. Um, you are a corporate event planner, set designer, mentor, author, and Atlanta chapter leader of the World Women Conference and Awards. And you're going to talk to us today about building trust and respect in leadership roles. So thanks for stepping in and leaning in today and helping us. Thank you so much. Thank you again, leaders. Um, I've had so much, I've heard so much valuable information I can take back to my day-to-day -day routine as a leader. But as Melanie said, I'll be speaking on building trust and respect in leadership roles. Many may wonder, how do you build respect in leadership roles? It starts with building respect and trust in the ones that we lead. Leading is not about controlling. Leading is about influence. Leading is about structure. Leading is about inspiring. Leading is about encouraging. Leading is about motivating. And leading is also about achieving a certain or common goal. While trust is the belief in your team, respect is trust in action. Building trust within your team is essential. When in a leadership role, it is critical that a leader be trusted. So how does a leader build trust? First and foremost, a leader must be transparent. Being transparent allows for us to be open and honest about everything, the good and the bad. Being transparent can strengthen you as a leader and your team will begin to trust you as a person and consequently respect you more as a leader. Communicate effectively is another way to build trust and respect. Communication is the act or process of using words, sounds or behaviors to express information, ideas, thoughts or feelings. Communication helps build and it maintains relationships. Communication gives you the ability to inspire others around you. As a leader, you have a vision of success that you want to achieve with the help of your team. Leaders need to think with clarity, express ideas, and share information. Share your wisdom. We've all heard the phrase, um, iron sharpens iron in Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens irons deal with the influence we have on each other, meaning we make each other better. Leaders who give themselves willingly of their time and expertise to build up trust and respect from other people they lead. Having confidence in your decisions is another way to build stress and respect. Consistency creates, I'm sorry, um, this creates confidence with your team and then they'll feel they're following the right person. Uncertainties causes doubts, decisions causes results. Let me say that again. Uncertainty causes doubts, decision causes results. Being consistent in your words and actions is a major part of building trust. Consistency creates accountability. Consistency builds your reputation. Consistency helps you stay relevant. Remember to be consistent. It's the difference between success and failure. We all want success. Empowering is another 
way that leaders can build trust and respect. Creating a space where your team can thrive is important. It is about empowering your team because of your presence and making sure that everyone can impact your, of your leadership in your absence. Oh, Sorry, headphones falling off, <laughs> sorry. Leaders are passionate about their work. It is about, it's about making a difference and contributing. Depending on the type of leader you are, your passion may show up a little or a lot. The passion will be seen through working in your leadership role. Being in a leadership role, you must care about people. The reflection of you in your leadership role will reflect through your team and your work. Leaders, as leaders, we possess empathy and compassion. That's another way leaders build trust and respect. Leaders authentically show up. Authenticity speaks to who we are. As leaders, we dress the part. The attitude we display, the words we speak, and the body language we exude all plays a part in building respect and trust. Dressing the part puts you in the right mental state. We play the role as leaders. We leaders are role models. I'm going to share with you a story about my World Women's Conference and Awards Atlanta team. We're a family. Uh, when I was initially selected to actually be the leader of the Atlanta chapter, I had no idea of what type of team I would build. So I started to say, I'm just going to check into my network to see exactly who I can pull in. But as I started building my team, I realized that I was building a team of women and men that will influence one another. And my team also know that I'm always here. You know, my door is always open. They can either call me, text me, message me, or Facebook message me. And if you was to ask my team member, each of my team members what they thought of me, everyone would have the same response. I lead my team with integrity, trust, transparency, encouragement, and I exude all confidence. We as leaders must play the role. We must show up and be present. As leaders, we must be open and allow our team to express their ideas so we can continue to build that trust and respect. Remember these ingredients that build trust and respect in leadership roles. Leaders give trust first, then they effectively, effectively communicate and they authentically show up. We as leaders must play the role. Remember that. Thank you all for having me on this platform today. And I look forward to working with you guys in the future. Thank you, Lakeisha. Thank you, Lakeisha. That was very powerful. Lots of things that we need to remember and uh, great tips for us to move forward. Bless you today, my friend. Our next speaker here, Daniel Gomez, keynote speaker, corporate trainer, executive coach, and confidence architect and author. Good morning and welcome, Daniel. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for having me, everybody. Gigi, Jacqueline, and audience. I'm excited to be here. And today, my message is called Leader's Love. You know, there's a, a story that I read that talks about you can have hope, you can have faith, but it's all like noise if you don't have love. Think about that. So my question to you today is where are you leading from, right? Where are you leading from? As a person, as a father, as a mother, as the owner of your business, what are your motives? You see, because most of us, we don't realize, like I didn't realize when I was younger, I had a lot of selfish motives. And we don't see it because we've heard great stories today about mindset and all these things. But the bottom line is this, is you can read all the books you want. You can watch all the videos you want. You can see every conference every day. But if you don't open your heart, the change is never going to come. Let me say it again. If you don't open your heart, 
the change is never going to come. The true transformation as a leader that you need to lead yourself, to lead others, and to make the impact that God created you for. You see, because if you would have told me four or five years ago that I had so many issues going on inside of me, I wouldn't have believed it. But you see, to get that level of love, to really lead as a leader, to really love unconditionally without complaining about people, without judging them, without gossiping behind them, behind their backs, without talking about your employees. You know, you have to go deep. And I didn't realize myself, the leader that I was, that I had so much junk inside of me. Even this morning, I was just reflecting and, and really just going deeper within myself. And God just, I started crying because God was still healing my heart. But we make the mistake of this. We make the mistake that we think we forgive once and we're done. We're healed. And it doesn't work that way. You see, because we all have seen soil and there's different levels of soil. You have your top soil, which is really soft and it's easy, right? So initially, that's the first healing that comes when you start to forgive within yourself and forgive others. And then you get the next level of soil that's a little bit, you know, more rough around the edges. It's not so easy to dig in, but, you know, it, it's there. And that's where most people stop doing the inner work and reflecting really of the forgiveness they need to give to themselves or to somebody else. And then the deeper we go within is this, is that then we start getting to that rocky soil and we don't want to deal with that because it's easier to complain. It's easier to gossip. It's easier to talk about people. It's easier, let's be real, right? For me, I used to love to drink beer. We, we, we cope with things instead of dealing with things. Let me say that again. Many times as leaders, we cope with things instead of dealing with things. And until I really went inside and started working on myself, and if you would have told me it was going to take me four years to get to where I'm at, I would have never believed it. So my question to you is right now as a leader, what level of love are you at? What level of love are you at? Because if you, as a leader, if you can't celebrate somebody else's victories, that means there's something wrong in the inside. That's pretty shallow. If you can't love unconditionally, there's something going on. If you can't trust and give the keys to your house or to your car, to your employees, then there may be some trust issues. And it all comes from the heart, right? So I ask you today to really self-examine who you are at the core. Because I'll tell you that myself, I've been the biggest crybaby there is. Because there's been a lot of healing in my life this past year. 2020 was an amazing year. I had a chance to really work side by side with my wife and we're in this new house. But I'll tell you that as this next level of success was brought upon me, I really had to go deeper and learn how to love in a new level. You see, because sometimes as leaders, we don't love because we don't know how to receive ourselves. Because the next level of success is going to require a new version of you. You must change. Yes, you watching this right now. You must change. You're watching. You're, you're wondering, why hasn't my podcast grown? Why hasn't my business grown? Why haven't I gotten these contracts? Why? It's because there must be a change within you. And that change must be a true love towards the world, towards the people, 
And like myself, dealing with the bull, with the hurt, with the pain, with the shame that I had. You know, I just did a post this morning and as I was doing this post, I really just cried. And God said, son, it's okay to celebrate, just don't brag. And many of us, we never truly celebrate ourselves because we worry about what other people say. And I really wanna encourage you to do this. Start loving yourself a little bit more. Start going deep within your heart a little bit more that you can really celebrate your life that you may celebrate others. And as you celebrate others, that's where the increase comes, right? Because gratitude is a key for promotion as a leader, right? Gratitude, celebrating others is a key for promotion. And above all is love, right? What good, what good does it do us to gain the whole world if we lose our family and ourselves along the way, but most importantly, if we don't love? So today I wanna to encourage you, right? We can hear all this about BS, beliefs, great. But if your heart, if your motive is in the wrong place and you don't love, what good is it? Think about that for a moment. Ask yourself this question. How can I improve my love? How can I improve loving others? And ask God to tell you, Lord, in what area of my life do I need healing that I may love more? that I can lead myself, that I can lead others. Because that true transformation is gonna come at the right moment. This is Daniel Gomez Inspire saying, I believe in you. You were born and meant for more. Don't stay at that shallow level of topsoil and go deeper within yourself. Because the deeper you go, the more healing you give your heart, the higher God can take you and show you and give you things you never imagined because we're all blessed to be a blessing. And if no one's ever told you they believe in you, this is Daniel Gomez Inspire saying, I believe in you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Daniel. What a great message. Remember, leaders love, and we have to love ourselves first before we can love anybody else. Great message today. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is coming to us from the road, and yet he is committed to being with us today. Jesse Cruz, you have an amazing journey. Um, you're a motivational speaker, certified personal development coach, grief coach, and author, and your topic today is the power of vulnerability. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So when I think of vulnerability, you know, I think it starts with being honest with what you've gone through. So for me, I'll just start here. Years ago, my wife called me with a call that no one wants to get. She said, honey, where are you? I said, I'm with the kids right now. She goes, I need you to get home immediately. I said, okay, what's going on? She goes, I'm in pain. And my wife at the time was pregnant. I said, I'll be right over. I'll be right over. I'm on the way. And we get there. She's screaming in pain. And I was scared. And she goes, I need to go to the hospital right now. I said, okay, let's go. So I get in the car, we go to the hospital. They send her home. She's still in pain. A few hours later, she goes, I need to go back. I said, okay, let's go back. So we go back to the hospital again. This time the doctor says, you know what? I hate to tell you this, but you're going into labor. 
and my heart sank into the pit of my stomach. And I said, this is impossible. They said, no, it's not. I said, our daughter isn't supposed to be doing until May. It's only January. They said, your daughter is about to be born very soon and there's nothing we can do to stop it. I said, what are our options? They said, well, we're gonna have to bring you to another hospital because this child, whether you want this child to be born or not is on its way out. And I was completely terrified. We jump into an ambulance immediately. They roll us into the hospital room. They said, Mr. Cruz, you have just a few seconds to decide what you wanna do. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, your child is about to be born here in the next few moments and you guys have to make a decision. I said, what's the decision? They said, this child will either have to be born naturally or through an emergency C-section. I said, what is the best option? They said, well, if she's born naturally, she has a 15% chance to live. And I swallowed that and I was really scared. I said, well, what's the other option? They said, if it's an emergency C-section, she has a 20% chance. My wife and I looked at each other, tears in our eyes. We said, let's go with the emergency C-section. Soon as we said it, they rolled her out of the room, brought her into the, the, uh, to the next room. And I sat there and waited, not really sure what was gonna happen. So I held my hope in that 20%. And in that 20%, I sat there and I cried and I prayed, hoping that an opportunity for her to be born would happen. I lifted my head up, the nurse came in the room with a long pause. I was waiting to hear what the nurse was going to say next. She was going to say one of two things, either your daughter is dead or she is alive. And I sat there and I stared at her and she looked at me and she said, she made it, we have her in an incubator. And I celebrated and I went to go meet my daughter and it was amazing. And it was a powerful moment to finally lay eyes on her. But that wasn't the, that wasn't the issue. The issue was that she had a hard time breathing still. So day after day, she'd struggle to breathe. There was moments where she would flatline in front of me and be brought back to life. And then flatline again and be brought back to life. And after 42 days of fighting, she flatlined for the final time. She gasped and took her last breath in me and my wife's arms. My daughter Faith was 42 days old when she passed away. And that's the day that still sticks with me. And that, that was the moment I had to decide this can either ruin my life or rebuild my life. And I think that's a huge part of vulnerability because we all go through some loss. The year 2020 was a year of loss for many people. We all lost something, whether it was a job, uh, whether it was a diagnosis, whether it was our freedom, a relationship, money, we all lost something. And in, my, in those moments when my daughter passed away, I lost my faith, I lost my daughter. But what kept me going was the hope of that this pain would be able to be used to help other people someday. And that is why I share my story so openly, because the power of vulnerability has connected me with people worldwide, all over the place. Because once you're able to be bold enough, to be brave enough to talk about what has wounded you, you can begin to heal. And not until I was able to write the story, able to speak this on stage, is I able to begin the healing process. We all have a wound. We all have a hurt. We all have a scar. And the best way to start to heal that is to talk about it. And so the power of vulnerability is especially true. If you want to be a leader, don't pretend like you have it all together. Understand that we're human beings just like anybody else. We've gone through pain, gone through suffering, and we've gone through loss. And although your accolades and the awards that you receive and the awards that I've had, those may look nice and they may sound nice, 
But what really connects us is when we're vulnerable enough to talk about the things that hurt us. And because of that, my relationships have forever changed. It's helped me to become a better leader, a better husband, a better father, a better man. And so if you're searching to take your business and your life to the next level, it is going to require you to be completely honest with what you've experienced and to use that pain and turn it into purpose. And you take that mess and you turn it into message. So we all have something we're going through, have gone through. And I would encourage you to take the time out to say, you know what, that hurt me, but I'm not going to let it ruin me. That wounded me, but it's not going to cause me to not win. You must turn your wounds into wins. Turn them scars into stars. And I'm going to just finish by saying this, is that no matter what has happened to you, it never will disqualify you from the calling of being a leader in your life. And what actually happens is when you've actually been full of pain and trauma and a crisis, it actually has the ability to prepare you to take you to the next level in your leadership. This is Jesse Cruz. Thank you for listening to me. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. Jesse, thank you so much for understanding and recognizing how to turn your pain into purpose. Um, we love you. We're thinking about you. And thank you for sharing today. Our next speaker is Lisa Edwards. Lisa Edwards, um, the founders of Lifestyles to Independence, LLC. She's a certified speaker, coach, and trainer with the John Maxwell team. Lisa, along with her dog, right on her lap here, I see Skipper Doodle <laughs> serve as the face of the small company with a big mission. Hi, Skipper Doodle. <laughs> You've been the voice of others who suffer from domestic violence. And we are so excited to have you with us today to share your story. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Gigi. Uh, amazing speakers. I can't wait to re-listen to everything. But today I'm going to talk about the power of mentorship. And um, I'm the change I want to see thanks to my mentors. But the real question is, are you the change that you want to see? You know, in leadership, one of the most important roles is mentorship. And it's also called coaching. It adds value to other people. And most importantly, with the success of your mentor, it becomes transformational in your life. There's a cute saying, you know, I can't help you do what you don't wanna do, but I can help you do what you do wanna do. Remember that. It takes participation on both ends, but I'm gonna take you back and show you a little bit of my journey and how my mentors helped me. And perhaps that'll give you insight of how mentors can help you. In the last 24 years, I had lost seven homes, four jobs, two cars, and my young son when he was five and a half years old on the second time custody battle due to an abusive ex-husband. What I found out is I thought I was one in a million, but I found out that I was one of millions. And right then and there, that's when I knew I had to do something about it. There were two things. You, um, that's devastating to, to find that out, that there is over a million people that are dealing with the crime of domestic violence. So 
with my, my mentors, we went on the roadmap to success. What was my success? Well, the first thing that Melanie Ake will let you know is you better know your why. Your why is what's gonna drive you. You better make sure that your why is deeper and more important and stronger than any obstacle that you're going to overcome. Because if your why is not with your passion and what matters most to you, you will not achieve those goals. You will stop short. So with my why, my why is that five and a half year old little boy that I had to give over. He is my why to become the success so that I can have an adult relationship with my son that I have started and that I do work with. And the second is to help those other million women that unfortunately, I think that number has increased, that we can empower ourselves to make a difference. We are the solution. We just have to find it. So with finding my why, knowing, by Skipper, finding my why, knowing what direction I had to go in, boy, oh boy, was this some journey. But I'm happy to tell you in 2009, with all of those losses that I did endure, that I was a homeowner. I bought a two family income producing property, a safe home of my own and a brand new start. A time to heal and a time to grow. In 2014, I went on to the John Maxwell team to be certified as a speaker, trainer, and coach. That was amazing. And I still continue growing every day with those programs and people that I meet. In 2016 was the beginning of that dream. It was the start of lifestyle to independence, affordable housing for domestic violence survivors, and live-in mentorship. Well, the dream started in 2016, and I'd just like to let you know that June 1st of 2021, we're going to have our first live-in participants at Lifestyle to Independence Mentorship Program. And as you think about mentorship and think about yourself, I'll be talking about the program we're going to be doing, but you got to think about what is it that you need? That's the important part. Think about what it is that you need. We're working on a lot of self-love as one of the other speakers just talked about, how important. I love all the messages and what you've given. So self-esteem and self-love is very important. Health and wellness is another category that we're gonna be working on. We have forward thinking. If you can't think forward, you're only thinking of the past, you're gonna remain in the past. So let's get those dream boards out. Let's get your minds going. Let's think what you want for the future. Um, that's a lot of fun to work together and do that with um, that there. Finance 101 is essential. You need to have your finances in order and get your life together. So many people that live with the, um, the crime of domestic violence, financial ramifications are really very difficult to deal with. And in order to rebuild your life, you do have to get your finances back together. Um, the other one is 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. It's about self-growth. Self-leadership is what we're working on. Um, intentional living is another area, which is important. And the little guy that just left, my secret weapon, and something that you can't live without, that you've lived without a long time, is real love. Love and unconditional love. 
And besides Skipper being the secret weapon, he is also my word of mouth marketing, you see. Um, when you take him out and you go to a meeting and someone has met with hundreds of people in the last few weeks and you call them up and you say, um, hi, you know, we're following up on whatever, you know, and they are like, sorry, I mean, I met about 200 women. I said, oh, how about the lady with the dog? And they're like, oh, we remember her. <laughs> and we know what we were speaking about. So Skipper is that. And the other thing is, if you don't like me, you're going to like him. So I have a 100% chance of getting in. <laughs> I don't know if that's hilarious for anybody, but I'm laughing at it. But really, um, as a mentee, all right, talking about you as a mentee, the one thing I really want you to know and what I'd like you to really think about is never stop being hungry. You wanna remain hungry. You have to be hungry to reach your dreams. You have to be willing to pay the price for what your dream is. I have a cute little story I'd like to tell you about Toastmasters in 2008. That was the first time I wanted to become a speaker. And um, I found out locally, you know, after many difficulties, I lived in an unfinished attic. I lived in an unfinished basement and I have just come to a home where I was living in an affordable room. And that's how I got this concept. But the woman was the president of Toastmasters in New York City. And I said, that's exactly what I wanted to do. So looked on the computer and, and, and uh, went to a local, a local meeting. And I liked it so much that I went again. But I found out that I had to become a member. So talk about being hungry. I had to retreat for three months. Because in those three months, I was able to save $30.75 to become a member in January of 2009. So with that, I gave my first icebreaker speech within a month. I was approached by the president of that organization and he said, Lisa, you know, what you spoke about is really in line with our conference that is coming up in three months. And he said, I'd really like you to apply for it. And I stuck my hand out and I said, with your mentorship, I'm sure we can accomplish anything. And he remained my life mentorship and they saw the hunger in which I had. So when you're hungry, there is someone that has the skills to help you to accomplish what you want. And they will be there for you because there's nothing better than wanting to help someone that wants to help themselves. And that's what I'm gonna say about mentees, stay hungry, continue growing. And one of the other things that we did in 2018, we started LTI Company for public speaking and product development. I knew in order to help other domestic violence survivors to help themselves, that we had to create economic independence. We had to create a product that we can manufacture so we can create a job. Because true economic independence starts from the ground up. It's not from the top down. It's from the bottom up. And in 2021, in October, we are launching our Tiles for Hope across the country. I am so excited. How many years has it been for each project that I had to accomplish? So I want you to know that it might not happen in a week, might not happen in a couple of months, might not happen in a year. This entire project right now has taken over 13 years. Either I'm really slow or I'm really persistent. 
And with this technology, you ladies are amazing. I didn't have to find, uh, catch up with technology. I had to catch up with all of you. But anyway, I'm the change I want to see. And it's thanks to my mentors. But what are the four essential characteristics of a mentor? Well, they're going to walk by your side. That's number one. Number two, they've got a brain to pick and they're not afraid to share it with you. Number three, they've got two ears to listen. They will hear where you are. They will hear where you wanna go and they will also help you to get where you wanna go. And the other one is maturity. You want someone that's successful, someone that has already gone the way, you know, um, been there, done that type of thing. And also they help you paint the picture with colors through the maturity, through their soundness and through their wisdom. So look for those things in a mentor. It's like building a bridge you have in a place of intention of where you are. There's a place of performance and where you've created what you wanted. And there is that bridge that you need to cross. So that mentor will help you along that roadmap of success. Think of your mentor as someone that goes the way, shows the way and knows the way. To me, I believe that a leader is meant to help others become the people that God created you to be and at Lifestyle to Independence. We're here as a live-in mentorship program and our motto is we're in the business of rebuilding lives. So mentorship also to you can be your roadmap to success. But the question is, are you are you the change that you want to see? Thank you. Call me if I can be of any help to you. If anybody is interested anywhere across the country, we have one more spot for our live-in mentorship program. We love you. Good luck to everybody. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. I have seen you grow over this last year. You're amazing, the things that you're doing. Congratulations to all of your success. And I can't wait to see this summer these programs kick off for you. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Gigi. The power You're amazing. No, oh, the power of mentorship. So, <laughs> so key. All right. Our final speaker for this entire conference. It's sad to say that it is almost over, but we save the best for last. This is amazing. We're going to hear from Michelle, and I'm sorry if I'm going to mispronounce your name, Gulfand, right? Gulfand. Um, Gulfand, okay. <laughs> so you're a holistic results-oriented life coach and speaker, an expert in neuro-linguistic programming, guided imagery and positive psychology, and you're based in San Francisco. You and Tim need to get together. <laughs> you, you come from a lineage of teachers and being a trainer, Michelle enjoys sharing her knowledge by providing educational and intriguing lectures and workshops relating to holistic wellness, including the power of mind in self-healing, stress management, goal setting, 
and the power of words on wellness, motivation, communication skills, and more. And you're going to talk to us today about the power of words. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you so much for having me here, Gigi and Melanie, and I'd like to see everybody here. Thank you so much. Uh, if I can get um, um, speaker right, so I can share my screen. Yes, ma'am, you have it. Okay, thank you. And before I do that, so thank you so much. Hi, leader. I'm so, leaders, I'm so excited to be here among every uh, one of you. My name is Michelle Gelfand. I'm the founder and CEO of My Desired Outcome Academy, and I help individuals and groups reach their desired outcome through holistic, results-oriented coaching, workshops, and lectures. And my intent here for today is to awaken that leader within you today through the power of words. So let me share that presentation. And let's go to uh, presentation mode. Let me know when you see it. So yeah, let me begin by asking you a question. How many of you have found yourself sometimes frustrated or triggered or upset? When we find ourselves in these situations, we have the opportunity to explore with curiosity and compassion. Why are we responding the way that we do? Sometimes it highlights a value that is important to us, and sometimes it uncovers a belief, a limiting belief, about how we perceived ourselves, about our identity or our capabilities. In those moments, when we feel stuck or not advanced the way that we want, we need to be mindful of the thoughts and the words that we're telling ourselves. Are we being judgmental or are, being, are we being friendly? So let's explore this example together, for example. When you tell yourself, I can't do this, that's a limiting belief about your capabilities. I can't do this. Is this empowering you or weakening you? Does this motivate you to even try? What happens in your body when you say this? What feelings do you have? Now, how would you react if you had a boss that is constantly putting you down on a regular basis? Would you resign? Well, sometimes we are that nasty boss 24-7. You see, words change the biochemistry of our mind and body. Dr. Lisa Ranking, in her TED Talk, said she was an OBGYN doctor, and when she was disappointed from uh, Western medicine, uh, she started to study and search her own diseases with the power of her mind. And you see, our thoughts uh, have direct effects on our hormones and neurotransmitters. Limiting beliefs and unpleasant feelings trigger the mind as a threat and increases the, the cortisol levels up, the stress level. And in return, our immune system go down. And... On the other side, when the nervous system is relaxed, every cell of the body is bathed with healing hormones, with oxytocin and dopamine and endorphins. Words have the ability to affect our mind and body. So we need to begin, and it begins with our inner speech. So you see that our beliefs affect our thoughts, affect our words. 
the actions and the results we will get. And the way we can intervene and change is through changing our words. One of the ways we can change, of course, changing the beliefs and the thoughts and the mindset with neuro-linguistic programming, you can do that. Leadership means taking ownership on your life. It means empowering yourself and others. It means being a role model to self and others. It means leading your life instead of being led by circumstances or by others. As leaders, we need to live life with awareness. As leaders, we have the responsibility to master our mind and to communicate our words to ourselves and externally properly. So how do we do that? So we will soon dive into three simple steps to self-leadership as I define it. The first one is to notice and investigate. The second is fire that nasty inner boss. And the third is to hire an empowering inner uh, boss, one that we would love to wake up for in the morning and act with purpose. So the first step is noticing our limiting beliefs. This is the most important step because without it, nothing changes. So following a previous event in our life, mainly in our early childhood, or following an authoritative figure's words and actions, we developed and formed beliefs about ourselves, about our identity, about our gender and race and age, about our capabilities, about the relationships, about money, about the world. We generalize the belief as a rule of truth that cannot be denied. And when we feel stuck, it's most likely that we have a limiting belief, a blind spot that covers our eyes and blinds us from seeing anything else. So now it's your turn. Let's do a small exercise. So as you are thinking, just as a limiting belief is covering your eyes, let's just cover our eyes for a moment. Go ahead and do that. Cover your eyes just for a moment. Notice and think of that limiting belief. You know what that is. It's 24-7 in your head. What it is you that keeping it away from you. And notice how these words affect your body, how it affects your physiology, your stress levels, or the actions you will or will not take. And now it's time to investigate, uncover your eyes, and place the thoughts on the palms of your hands in front of you. And watch them. In, from a distance, with curiosity, with observation, with compassion, as if it was somebody else having that thought. And start asking questions. Is it true? Look at these palms. Is it true? Can you find a time that it wasn't true? What would a friend or mentor say about you that contradicts what you say? What would happen if you kept this thought? What will not happen if you keep this thought? This is an awakening moment, questioning the validity of the thought you truly believed in for a long time. And this will open up new opportunities for you. So the second step is once we're aware of how we talk to ourselves, we need to make a decision to just stop it and no longer agree to treat ourselves the way we did. And just fire that nasty inner boss. And the third step is hire and empower inner boss. So now I'd like to invite you to construct an empowering belief. 
You can write it down and put it in front of you and repeat it to yourself. Up until now, I believed I. It could be I am not worthy. I am not assertive. I am not creative. I can't do this. But from now on, I choose to believe I am. I am worthy. I am powerful. I am a leader. I am creative. I can. And say it with me. So let's explore this together. Let's say, yes, I can. Yes, I can with conviction. And you could put your hands up, make your body posture aligned with the words that you're saying. Put a smile to your face and say, yes, I can. And think, is this an empowering saying, statement, or is this weakening? Of course it is. It's an empowering. Yes, I can. And just other examples. If you change your words, you can lead your life. Instead of saying, I don't know. Explore saying, well, I don't know yet, but I will find out. Instead of saying, I can't. Say, yes, I can. And instead of saying, well, I must, I have to say, well, I get to do that. What a privilege it is to do that. So let's recap. Words are powerful. Words change the biochemistry of our body. So you need to be minded of those. Words affect your motivation. And if you change your words, you can lead your life. So I'm a holistic results-oriented life coach and speaker. And I help my clients focus on what they want and the resources that they have. I help them release unhealthy patterns and reprogram them, whether mental, emotional, or behavioral patterns, and so that they can easily achieve their desired outcome. And the way to reach me is through going to my page, mydesiredoutcome.com, and schedule a free 20-minute consultation to see how can I else be of help. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. That was wonderful, the power of words. It is so true. We have reiterated that now for in the fourth hour. Here we go. Uh, just continually remembering how important it is when we believe what we believe about ourselves, we can then convey that to the rest of the world and be successful. You know, um, in closing here, um, the Maxwell leadership, right? John Maxwell, the number one guru in the world on leadership does talk about exactly what some people have said. Leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. So each one of you today on this panel, all of you leaders have influenced the change that we all want to see in our lives. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for pouring into us. And for everyone that is watching as an attendee, take these notes, do one thing that can change your life today. We appreciate you for being here. And Gigi, I will turn it over to you for the closing. Thank you, Melanie. I appreciate you. Thank you all for being here today. And thank you to our speakers and our sponsors. And as far as the, the speakers go today, you all truly showed up and you all served. And I, I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Now, in regards to leadership, it is very important to show up and serve others. Write that down. Show up and serve others. I'll say it again. Show up and serve others. And remember, God has a purpose for your life. 
when we get quiet and we listen to him, we understand his purpose for our life and understand that God knows the plans that he has for you. Challenge means that you get back up and you keep fighting no matter what. And you continue to show up and serve others. And don't give up on your dreams. Write that down. Don't give up on your dreams. I'll say it again. Don't give up on your dreams. And I'll say it again. Remember to show up and serve others. And lastly, remember this. God wants to be a part of all areas of your life, not just your personal life. God wants to be a part of your business. Too often individuals leave their faith outside. No, God wants to be a part of your business or the higher power or the God you believe in. Remember, wants to be a part of your business. Let go and let God. Thank you all for being here today. And now we are going to close this event with Juju Christopher. And this, this song is dedicated to Lakeisha James who was just with us, who actually just had someone pass away in her family. So this song is dedicated to her and her family. The Bridge of Hope. <clears throat> see it can you feel it now i can feel it i can see it clear we are here oh yes we are take me there show me show me how action hearts prayers the bridge of hope what will it take to be to be free from this broken reality a mission a vision unity one humanity yeah 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 let's go let's me and you and the world we love hope it's time to be, be the bridge of hope. It's time, the bridge of hope. To be the bridge. Climate change, hunger, poverty, these things don't have to be. Find love, peace, harmony, we can do this, you and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Let's me and you and the world we love. It's time to be be the bridge of hope. To be the bridge of hope. To be the bridge. Crossing, crossing the gap, no one left behind of the new world, sacred, divine. Let's come together, time to shine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's me and you and the world in hope. It's time to be, be the bridge of hope To be the bridge of hope To be the bridge Can you see it now? I can see it. I can see it clear. We are here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's me and you and the world in hope. It's time to be, be the bridge of hope. of hope to be a bridge to be the bridge of Thank you to everyone that has joined us today for this leadership conference on May 15th. We appreciate your attendance. If you have any questions, please let us know how we can help you become leaders in your life. Now go out as everyday leaders and change the world. Thank you for joining us.